we're all just going, oh, dear father, dear Lord, and dear God. And one guy just goes, hi, daddy. Oh, no. Are you? <laughs> hi, daddy? <laughs> what? I, dude, I wish I could say that I did not hear that myself before. Hi, uh, daddy? That that prayer group that I had mentioned previously, there was um, someone had started talking about how the Bible says Abba Father. Abba is like an endearing term. It's like saying daddy. So like people yeah. are, like for I heard that too, man. Daddy God. Daddy God. You're like Daddy I'm God. I'm not here for that. Dude, the logical next step in this arms race is Senpai. Dear <laughs> oh, no. oh, sweet any- heavenly Senpai. Buddy, we're back with another episode of Growing Up Christian, and it's not really a we, it's just a me. Casey's not here, and this is going to be a quick one. Um, Casey and I just got back from vacation, and we didn't really have time to throw one of these together, but that worked out pretty well because we had a long conversation with our new friend, Mike Valdez. And my God, I can't really think of enough great things to say about him. I really, really enjoy Mike Valdez. We had such a fun time talking to him that we just didn't even cut it off. We kept rolling. We figured if you're in for, if we're in for it, hopefully you are all in for it too. So we just kept it going. Um, Mike is a comedian. He's got a, he's also a podcast and he's got that's, which is how I found out his podcast is called childlike at best. And he interviews different people about Different things pertaining to childhood, you know, what's your favorite cereal, favorite TV shows, kind of things like that. He's definitely talked a good bit about Boy Meets World, and uh, we connected on that a little bit when I first started talking to him. Uh, He also has another podcast coming out soon, and you can go ahead and find it on social media. He's trying to get that thing going now, but it's called Retreat Yourself, and it's going to be pertaining to, you know, Christian camp type stories church retreat kind of fantastic name um he's also been on let's see uh a few different things and it's slipping my mind so i'm pulling it up as we speak because i'm not professional and i do this on the fly uh i'm also taking a break from homework to try to get it done uh and i only got back from vacation about four hours ago i'm definitely not super well prepared but you know he's uh he's been on nickelodeon fox a and e uh, he's been in some music videos uh, for Imagine Dragons and the Jonas Brothers, which is really fucking cool. Uh, he's also a musician. This guy does everything. Uh, so Mike Valdez and the Noise is the name of his band. Um, his album Dreamer is available on all music streaming platforms. I feel like there's always other things I forget to say uh, that Casey and I always talk about saying but never get to. And I believe one of those would be go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, Apple podcasts, whatever it is, uh, leave us a review. Don't just do stars. If you have like 30 seconds to type out really nice things about us, even if you don't think they're true, we'd really appreciate it. The reviews as far as stars go are great. Actually written reviews are even more helpful and all that just kind of pushes us up the algorithm. I don't know. I don't know if it's algorithms or not, but it pushes us up. So more we're visible to more people. It might relate us to other podcasts. Uh, It'd be just really helpful if you would do that for us. And also just 
whatever your favorite episodes are. Maybe it's this one because this is one of my favorites, but just share them, share them with people, tell your friends, maybe don't tell your family if you're just on the cusp of leaving the church or something like that. And uh, maybe they might not find this uh, for them if you're here because you're, uh, you know, post-evangelical, ex-evangelical, whatever. Uh, Anyway, but, you know, if it, if you can think of some people who might enjoy this as well, share it. Word of mouth does a lot for podcasts. So uh, I think that's it. I'm going to cut out. Uh, we're going to cut to our interview. Slash, it's, it's, it's hard to call it an interview. It was a conversation. It's a conversation with our friend, Mike Valdez. Friends, I know a lot of you out there are small business owners. I know a few of you are musicians or artists. Regardless of which camp you fall into, eventually you're going to want to put out some custom merchandise. But the prospect of getting a design together and going through one of these impersonal, large-scale websites can be intimidating and tedious. And that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Minor Threads. Minor Threads is a North Texas-based custom printing company that is able to help you get your logo, your company's branding information, your design onto almost anything. Maybe you want to order some shirts, some stickers, banners, maybe enamel pins. The merch game's crazy these days. Minor Threads can help you with all sorts of promotional products. They also specialize in custom printing with low minimums. That can be great if you're a small company just looking to put in a small order. And for our environmentally friendly friends out there, uh, they have plenty of eco-friendly options as well. So if you're ready to take that step and get some merchandise, Go to MinorThreadCO.com and request a quote. Mention this ad and you get up to 15% off custom print orders over 100 bucks. 15%. So again, go to MinorThreadCO.com and tell them your boys at Grown Up Christian sent you. Hey everybody, we're back with our guest, Mike Valdez. Mike, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. Thank you so much for letting me be here. What an honor to be here. Yeah, uh, I've been really I there's every once in a while, like when we connect with somebody to have on the show, um, usually you make that connection, then you schedule it and then you don't hear from them until like 30 seconds beforehand when they're like, hey, where's the link? And we're like, sorry, we're running late. We're not very organized and good at this. But I like Ben with you, I've, we've been kind of talking back and forth for the past couple of weeks and it has made me exceptionally excited to. to yeah, do man. Well, it's one of those things because like I like to. When I find people that are in my tribe, I like to keep them close. Yeah. So, and that's kind of that's kind of how I've always been, you know. And uh, and you guys are my tribe. So, like I, uh, and and that's kind of you know, especially when you guys found me on Instagram, uh, or I don't know who found who. I I don't know what the meet cute story was, but we found each other <laughs> on Instagram. And, and, uh, and and yeah, and then I started seeing the memes and then I was like, OK, I understand, you know, what these guys are about. I'm going to listen to this podcast. And then I was seeing, you know, colleagues of mine, comedians of my uh, friends of mine, you yeah. know, things. And I was like, OK, these guys are like legit. They're they're talking to some people I know. OK, this is great. <laughs> you know, um, and so, yeah, uh, I uh, I'm very excited to be here. This is awesome. Nice. It's funny, like I was just having that conversation. You're talking about tribe and yeah. like pulling people in. I was just having that conversation with one of my sales reps yesterday because we had a work convention in Austin over the weekend. 
And he was talking about like, so-and-so was so rude to me. Like, I never would have figured they would have been like that. I'm like, dude, the only thing that I've figured out over the past like 15 years of doing this is some people are not your friends. Figure out the ones that are, pull them close and just keep everybody else at arm's length. That's like <laughs> all you can do. So true. Absolutely, man. I mean, and not only that, I mean, I, I work in the entertainment business, so that's pretty much like treat it like nobody's your friend because that's pretty much the truth <laughs> like, no like nobody's your friend unless it means that you can help them get famous you yeah. know or like or something you know um and, you work on uh, something with, do you ever work on something with someone and you're like that was great i think that's a i think we have a real connection and then afterwards you're just like oh they're never going to talk to me again <laughs> um i mean yes and no um, I have certainly been on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, I, I have certainly done things. I've certainly done things where I like, for example, I have done a project where like, for example, I, I did a commercial that was on the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And, oh, cool. and so I got a few people, you know, from the woodworks that I had never talked to from high school. And, you know, they were like, Hey man, like that was really great that I got to see you. Like, how do, how did I do that? And it's like, well, you gotta, you get an agent and then you go through 10 years of a lot of rejection. And then eventually you'll get on a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not as easy as you think it is. You know, it's yeah, a but, lot of, you know, since we had shop class together, why don't you just butt in front of me in line? I'll just scoot you to the front. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it, the people. A lot of people just don't understand like the hard the hard work that it takes, you know. Um, and especially with comedy, man. With comedy, it's oh, something that everybody thinks that they can do because because <clears throat> here's the thing, and this is something that I like to tell everybody. I personally, I think everybody's funny, even people that say I'm not funny. I really do think everybody's funny. And here's the thing. Everybody is situationally funny. Okay. Mm -hmm. That means like around your friends in certain scenarios, like, like you feel okay saying something, whatever you are there. There's always a chance that you are going to be funny. What separates you from other people that are comedians are that the comedians can be funny in a place where they've never met any of those people before. <laughs> like they're complete strangers. We don't know you like, you know, and we're just making funny out of nothing. Yeah. And people you can know? feel like people feel the vibe. Like yeah. if you walk into a room and people, you know, it's like people might not be feeling it or they don't know who you are. Like if you let that sink in at all, I imagine you're fucked. Like yeah. people will smell it. They'll feel it. Yeah. I mean, and, and just, you know, kind of to, to, you know, kind of finish my story. Cause like on the, on the other end, one thing that I was talking about, um, I'm, I'm also the kind of person that's like, I don't want to ruin a good moment. Like if I have a good moment with somebody, I don't want to ruin it. And so I did a, I, I was lucky enough to be a part of a project, uh, with a lot of really great comedians a lot of really great actors uh one of them being chris parnell from saturday night live you know uh, courtney cox from friends you know people like that and uh i was on this project for a few days and 
and I did my I was we were doing a scene and I was back I was backstage you know kind of getting ready for a shot and uh and Chris Parnell walked up to me and he just goes hey I'm Chris and you know I kind of had like my moment like you know like I know who you are but like I'm gonna (laughs) pretend like I don't know who you are and you know whatever because that's kind of like the the Hollywood thing is like you kind of have to pretend like you don't know who people are um and so I was like oh it's you know it's so great to meet you you know whatever and he was like hey man I just want to let you know you're doing such a great job today you're really funny and and dude I just I just lost it. Like I broke (laughs) down because it's like, you're hearing somebody that's made you laugh for years. Tell you like validate you, you know what I mean? And essentially just be like, you're worthy of eating at this table with us, you know? And I was just like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, like you mean so much to me. Like you being on Saturday night live, like that means the world to me. Like, thank you for doing that. And like, you know, and, and thank you, you know, for all of the comedy that you've done and on all that stuff. He was super sweet. We ended up talking for quite a while and we exchanged numbers to this day. I still have his number. I will never text him. I will never call him. I will never call him. Never. (laughs) Because, because if I do, I will ruin that moment. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and I get so, that. Yep. Yeah. I will never I will never use it. I will never use that number. You know, perfect, unless like dump in that cupcake would be to like call him and be like, yeah, so uh you want to hang out? And he's like, I, I I'm just really who is this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like, it... what do you do? What would you use it for? Unless it's like I don't know, I wouldn't I wouldn't even know what you would do with it. Like now I mean, we have ha- this, we had this moment. Yeah. I have your number. I'm, Again, it was something, it was something that happened very organically. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't even think I asked him for it. Like it was something very organic that happened. And I, and again, you know, I was just like, I just don't, I just don't want to call him. Cause I just don't want him to think I'm crazy. Like, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys go through this, but like, this is a real thing that that happens to me. It happened to me today at the gym where like if I'm walking behind somebody for like more than 10 seconds, I start getting scared that they think I'm following them. Yes, yes. <laughs> <You> know, like- <laughs> Dude, my, my big one is uh, if I'm following somebody, if I'm like walking up the stairs behind somebody I don't know, I'm like, they're going to think my face is like in their ass right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude and Maybe i'm it's just, just like the loud sniffing noises <laughs> i like comically have my head down real low like i'm almost like crouching going up the stairs they're like what is yeah this guy doing? and you certainly them later. turning around and you licking your lips isn't helping <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> so making cartoon sounds <laughs> oh god I think bolting out of my head. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? <laughs> oh, man. oh man. Okay, so I have a game. Yeah. That I thought would be fun to start off with. Here. Love it. Okay. Um, because I was listening to one of your shows, and it sounds like you are a, a fan of like '90s, 2000s sitcoms yeah. and things like that. Of course, yeah. So, so I'm calling this game the sitcom family denomination game. Oh no, <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> so we toss out a family 
and we need to decide what whether they're Christian or not. Fit into yeah, okay. like what church do they go to? What's it like? I don't think uh, you understand, Casey. I've been training my entire life for this. <laughs> <laughs> like I know for a fact that the Matthews family is a Christian family because oh, yeah. there's episodes where they reference God. <laughs> oh, like um, the episode when uh, Mr. Turner's in the hospital and yeah. and uh, Mr. Matthews is talking to Sean. He's like. What do you do? You believe in God? That yeah. Kind of what do you believe in? Do you believe in God? I don't know. And then they start praying, and then he prays in the in the hospital. Yes, he does. Yeah, he prays, he prays in the hospital. Christ, he prays an evangelical prayer. Yeah. Christians are to... not afraid to ruin a moment. Yeah, <laughs> they will. They will ruin a beautiful moment with that. Yeah. <laughs> what if Very you die tonight? Have you thought about that? I mean, I know you got a lot of stress going on. If you did, if you didn't wake up from the anesthesia, you know, where, where would you go? Oh <laughs> my to, gosh. Not to stress you out. That's funny. <laughs> okay. So first one I on the this. list, let's start at the top, top. Okay. Uh, the Winslows from Family Matters. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, the, I feel like they're definitely church going people for sure. Um, they were, and, and they were definitely, I mean, I wouldn't say definitely, but I would say they went to like a, um, no, I know for a fact, hang on. There are episodes where they sing in choirs and stuff, right? Aren't there? I'm pretty I sure. I was trying to recall and there I might not be. recall any, but. I'm I'm pretty there's got to be some did I do that moments at church. <laughs> like <laughs> knocked over the communion table. Like, <laughs> Steve is in the handbell choir for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steve was in the puppet choir or whatever like you know. puppet ministry dude. Puppet, puppet ministries. Ministry. I talked to the like, puppet ministry for a minute. <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah they they it was pretty the winslows were cool like <laughs> yeah, the winslows were a cool family I so agree. they're not going somewhere that's uptight they're yeah. definitely gonna be at like i'm gonna say like uh they weren't southern baptist no no, no. they were not southern baptist they went they went to a cool like charismatic like um like an ame know, church yeah yeah, I'm going AME, but that might be racist just because they're black. So I don't know if I should have said that. I don't but know if it is, though, because like, say. because let's be completely honest. Like, I mean, I I was I was kind of telling my dad this recently where like I, I don't really listen to worship music anymore. Um, but I, I listen to Maverick City music because I love Maverick City. I think they're great. Um I don't they even kind of, know Maverick City. I feel they, like I should feel some shame right now. No, it's totally fine. They're very modern gospel music. Okay. Um, and uh, it's like they're kind of like in their early 20s and 30s. And like, you know, it's like it's an all black band. And like and I was like and, and I was like, you know, not to sound weird, but like it only sounds like worship only sounds good coming from black people. You know what I mean? Like, like um, it kind of sounds corny when white people sing worship. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Hillsong kind of sucks when you think about it. Yeah, they're like, ambient Coldplay covers. Yeah, like, yes, dude. And I'm so glad. People... I'm so glad we're bringing this up. By the way, 
I I get it. Like it's like once Hillsong heard "Fix You" by Coldplay, they were like, "We got it," and we're never writing another song again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're making a marketing decision right now. <laughs> every song is "Fix when, You" by Coldplay. Every when white people song. repeat the same words over and over and over again, it gets played out quick. But when yeah. they're like the black gospel, I, when I was at uh, Liberty, I, I had a friend who was an incredible singer and I went to this charismatic prayer group for a while and they would just make stuff up as they went, repeated everything over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the I mean, he was great. Also, I, that guy also is at elevation now and I'm feel a little weird about that because yeah. is a little weird, but mm-hmm. at that time, uh, prior to that, I was like that, that like sucked me into this whole new thing. And I was like, this is amazing. This guy is incredible. And I feel like, when he repeated everything over and over and over again, you're, I'm here for it. And then you go to a, you know, your, uh, I would go to Thomas road Baptist church uh, on their went for their Represent. Wednesday night service. And it was just feel, like people love it. singing about lifting Jesus name on high over and over again. You're like, are we done yet? This is getting yeah. weird. <laughs> I love it. I love that. The name of the church is always the whitest thing on the face. Yeah. Of the, like rice Krispies, second Baptist church. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not officially segregated but you get the idea <laughs> yeah okay number right. two the tailors from home improvement oh boy I, um they were they they uh they did go to church i there are episodes where they're at church i think they were a catholic family that's where um, i was leaning to I think they're a Catholic family um, and they are so towards the right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> why I, I, I was feeling they had non-denominational written all over them. Uh, maybe, but like, uh, yeah, but it feels Catholic. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, um, there's no wrong answers in this game. Like the ones, the the one I know for sure that that the two not not to like not to like kill your your game here. The ones I know for sure that are definitely Catholics are the family from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and oh. uh, and the family from uh, King of Queens because we actually see them talking to ministers that are Catholic. So oh. I can place that. I, I yeah. yeah. I think casual Catholic, like they yeah. go regularly. They definitely mm. show up when there's a beer tent, mm. you know, and uh, he volunteers for church projects, but nobody really wants him. To. Right. Exactly. It gets yeah, uncomfortable that's... because he cusses when he smacks his finger or something <laughs> working <laughs> on the, uh, you know, putting a new roof on the church, uh, you know, sanctuary or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's okay. funny. The Tanners from Full House. Man, I knew this was coming up. I'm so <laughs> I'm so nervous about this one because I truly don't know and like and and it's so tough to say because one because one of the actresses is so vocally Christian. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Candace, right? Yeah, Candace Cameron, she's like so vocally Christian, but I don't think the family seems like they're anything. Like, they just don't seem like they believe in anything. Like, I feel like they just believe in positivity and hugs. And keeping a clean house. Yeah, keeping a clean house. 
Yeah, yeah. I see, see them as I'm like a community there. Bible sort of family. Yeah. You know, the kids play uh, rec league soccer and, you know, the parents, uh, one of the parents plays in the worship band, something like that. Maybe when they're not off in Japan being famous. <laughs> <laughs> Doing covers of Beach Boys songs and pretending oh they're God. theirs. <laughs> All except for Candace, who's speaking at CPAC this year. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Okay, dark turn. Uh, the Cosbys. Oh yikes! Um, this one's hard because it's it's very tough not to factor in, you know, everything we yes. know. Yeah. I, well, for factoring that in, we got to go Southern Baptist. I mean, oh, I, see, I was thinking Jehovah's <laughs> Witness. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's that. Um, what's the, which is the religion that drugs people? Scientology? Um. <laughs> do they do druggings? Uh, nice. Most likely. Like what's the religion? What's the religion? I guess all of them, right? What's the religion? I was gonna say, what's the religion that's uh, that drugs people and is misogynistic? And then I was like, all of them, really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> <Lower> down. <laughs> yeah. Misogyny really uh, lumps a lot of them into the same. Oh my same god! Statement. Yeah. A heavy oh overlap god. on the Venn diagram there. Yeah, I I don't really know where to put them, um, but I can definitely, um, yeah, that one's tough. I I guess I'm gonna Jehovah's go like Witness? some conservative Episcopalian branch. That's that's what I'm going with. No, I you know what? Probably not Jehovah's Witness because they celebrated birthdays and stuff like that on on the show. From my memory, I mean, he was uh, what was he was a uh, what kind of doctor was he? He, uh, delivered he was babies. a gynecologist. He was a gynecologist. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I couldn't remember if he like delivered babies or. Just... Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of scary how clear the writing was on the wall. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Why, why are I, there? I feel like there's way too many. I feel like if you're a man and you're a gynecologist, like, can we just knock that shit off? Like what? Why? Well, like, to be fair, he was acting like one. He wasn't actually a gynecologist. <laughs> No, I, I got a little caught up in the story, I guess. I just mean in general. I feel like that's something that needs to stop. I yeah, like, like when uh, you know, when my wife was pregnant, it's just like you have the option between a, a guy doctor and a girl doctor. Like, yeah, I don't really want. Why would I? Why would I want that? That's yeah. not the most comfortable scenario. And yeah, but like, what personality type is like? I really want to be a doctor. I'm gravitating towards OBG. I mean, uh gynecology it's like there's a lot of other kinds of doctors are you saying that all gynecologists that are male are degenerates is that i just think it's i don't i want to i think they all should be studied that's all i'm saying i think we should study their brains and find out why they gravitate (laughs) towards that if you disagree leave sam specifically a bad itunes review you're (laughs) if you're if you're a gynecologist just reach out. Explain to me. Yeah. Why in med school you shifted in that direction? No, I'm no one thinks that's doctor. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's but, where I'm leaning. It's got the most comedic value. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Okay. Last one on the list is the Connors from Roseanne. Oh man. These are all kind of like tainted by what you know about the actors. Now. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, dude, that's tough. <laughs> These are very, very tough. Um, I would say, I mean, I and also to be fair, um, I did not watch. I don't think I watched much of the Cosby show. I don't 
I think I watched Roseanne. I think I watched maybe two episodes of Roseanne, like ever. Um, and the other ones I watched very frequently. Um, but this one, this one, the only thing I really know is they were like kind of like a trailer park family, right? Yep, I think so. Okay, I actually know so, basically nothing about uh, about Roseanne as well. Wait, so trailer, is, so trailer we have park waded family. into waters that we're not familiar. Yeah, with. yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne. Yeah, Why I did I put this on the list? <laughs> what? Replace it. I'm replacing it with Family Ties. Okay. No, I didn't uh, watch Family Ties. Well, they were the the whole joke was that uh, was that they were very liberal. Yeah. And, uh, and Michael J. Fox's character was very Republican. Yeah. So they probably did not go to church based on that. They were if at best they were uh, Unitarian Universalists. Yeah. Those dirty sinners. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, Alex went to church. <laughs> yeah. I know. He found, he found a nice conservative evangelical church to fit in yeah. the yeah. budding GOP candidate. Yeah. Well, so Mike, well, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, about growing up and stuff. I mean, obviously, you got a strong f- foothold in this community. Yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, so I grew up, you know, I, I grew up in Miami. So I, and I also grew up in the church. So I have always kind of been around the church culture. And um, I'm trying to kind of remember always, always kind of like, not Southern Baptist, but like, you know, from Baptist to like, you know, evangelical, then like non-denominational, like the way that I like to say it is like, if it were a potato chip flavor, it would just be the yellow bag. Like it was yeah. just normal. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. And so um, and and it's pretty much all I can remember. Like it was all it, like it was always in my culture. So like, you know, VBS and church camp and Awana and and all of it, just all of it, you know, and um you know, something, you know, I, I, I have a podcast talking about childhood and things like that. And, and sometimes it comes up, you know, but it hardly ever does because, you know, I usually talk to other people and, um, and they don't usually relate to that stuff, you know, it, it's right, yeah. unless they're like of your tribe, you know. Um, but like, you know, when I was, when I was 12, uh, I, uh, I found this like nonprofit organization and then uh, the summer of that year, when I was twelve, I became a missionary and was in that or in that nonprofit organization until I was like maybe twenty four, and just wow. traveled traveled the entire world, you know, doing um, like helping, you know, either you know either digging wells or um, you know, and the ba- the main thing that they did, which like this sounds, it sounds funny, but like the main thing that they did was they did like sign language to contemporary Christian music. And so, <laughs> so here's the thing. It sounds, it sounds bad, but it's actually worse. Um, so, um, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, and, and all love to the, to those people. I mean, and, you know, and, and I don't even want to say the, the, the people cause they still exist. And, and I, and I have nothing but love for those people. And they, they taught me, you know, everything that, you know, they, they taught me so much. And, and, you know, even though I, I'm in a different chapter of my life, I still, I still love those people. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, great. 
yeah and so so yeah and and anyway i um i learned uh i i went to different countries you know went to geez i mean jamaica costa rica uh africa um you know um goodness everywhere around the united states and um you know and this uh, was since you were 12 you just yeah. your parents were like yes go for it yeah bring pretty this, much bring pretty this much. message everywhere yeah pretty much like yeah take the bible and and preach it to the people that need it in south carolina you know like <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm, worldwide we talk, we talk <laughs> yeah. about that all the time how it's like oh like we lived in we lived in Lynchburg, Virginia, where there was a church everywhere, the home of Liberty University, and people we graduated with were like, I just feel really called to start a church right here in Lynchburg. There's so many people that just need it. And you're like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> Man, and look, and and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that <laughs> that listen to this, and it might hurt some feelings. And I and I don't mean to hurt feelings. I, I say this with love, but the truth is, I truly feel that everybody has spiritual gifts, and one of those gifts is being a pastor. And some people think that that's their spiritual gift, and the unfortunate truth is that it's not. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> because if it were, your church wouldn't have twelve people going every week, you know, and you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have your church in a gymnasium. You know, My spiritual gift is narcissism. I was just going to say that narcissism is <laughs> not a spiritual gift. Yeah. So There's... like, and like, I, I mean, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, again, I, 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 I'm sharing this, you know, I, I've, I actually have never shared this before, but, but like my, my last falling out with a church ever, uh, this, this was the last time I ever went to a church, um, was I, I was asked, you know, um, I, so I, I joke about this quite a bit, but like I, when you, when you play music and, and uh, when you, when you play, uh, when you play an instrument or when you sing, you come to find, uh, or at least it starts to feel like a lot of pastors or worship pastors are starting to take you out on dates to try to get you to play music at their church. <laughs> and so, um, and so I went out on this date with a pastor and, uh, he, he told me, Hey man, you should play music at my church for free. And I was like, Hey man, that sounds like a great idea because you got me a free cup of coffee. So why not? And, uh, and so I played you have a hard bargain. Yeah. And so I played music for free at his church for two years. And, um, Oh, you're and- an easy get, huh? You're like, <laughs> I was at that time. Yeah, I was at that time. Now, here's now here's the thing. Like he he was a great dude and and all that stuff. Um, The he actually left about like maybe a year into the church being planted and then left back home to Tennessee. uh, And then I stayed there with the main pastor and like other people. And so uh, another worship leader came in who was great and is still a friend of mine and all that stuff. And, uh, and I was just kind of in the back playing keys and singing backup and, you know, things like that, whatever they needed me to do, I was, I was doing. And, and granted, you know, I, I kind of did it because that was what I thought. I thought that's what I needed to do. Like, I thought that I was serving God by doing that. Like I thought, you know, and, and in my head and, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, 
well, none of these people know that I write music, you know, none of these people know that I produce and none of these people know that, you know, I, I play other instruments and I could sing better than everyone here, you know, and all this (laughs) stuff. And like, and like, is that true? Absolutely. But, um, it's still one of those things where I was like in the confines of what this is, who cares? Because that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here, you know, to, you know, to serve God or whatever, whatever the, the purpose of this is. So that's what I was doing. And then, so, you know, maybe like a a year or a few months go by and we just, we get sat down on a random day after a, after our main pastor goes for a three week sabbatical. Right. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. I love, I love that concept more than anything. Yeah. Well, this is the best part. He comes back. Now, granted, this church has pretty much at its peak has seen 50 people on Easter Sunday. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> at its peak. I can see why I needed a sabbatical just to yeah. get away from the depression of. Yeah. At its, at its peak, meaning, its meaning the depressed people that think that going to eat, going to the Easter Sunday service is going to help them get right with God is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> They decided to go to this, you know, school gymnasium, you know, which it literally was a school gymnasium, you know, uh, and and so like, uh, you know, anyway, all this to say that like we're we're sat down, this whole band is is sat down, and he's just like, we're gonna have to cut your salaries. Like, no, you well, first us. of all, first, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was, what were you paying us? A freaking jewel in our crown when we die and go to heaven? And so, like. <laughs> He was like, I hear the exchange he, rate for those has gone up a lot. <laughs> I know, right? He goes, uh, he goes, uh, so I uh, have done a lot of thinking and I have come to the realization, you know, and, and uh, I just wanted to say that I appreciate you guys um, and all this stuff, but uh, this service is going to be my last service preaching and we are going to, you know, disband the church. And then, and so, and I was like, oh, so I was like, in my head, I was like, okay. And so then he like went off on, uh, maybe like a 10 minute, like kind of like rampage on um, not rampage, but like, you know, kind of like, a like almost like he was saying a love poem about like this, this worship leader that, that, uh, that took me out on a date to play at the church. He was like, oh, he was such a great person he could play every single instrument he could sing he could he could do everything if you asked him to play the drums he could play them with his feet like he could do everything you know and uh and after a while i started getting frustrated and the comedian came out in me and i was like yeah but he's not here anymore (laughs) you're talking to us what do you have to say to us And so, and everybody kind of like laughed and then he, um, he like slowly, like, like he like started like saying like kind of like nice things about people, I guess. Like he's oh, like, you guys are great too. You guys, uh, good yeah. job. Playing your, which, uh, your... which by the way, <laughs> which, by, which by the way, I don't know if it was on purpose. I personally think it was, but he, he t- he said something nice about the person sitting right next to me and then said, let's pray. And then that was it. <laughs> oh, you got skipped. Like, yep. Hey, Mike, can you close us in prayer? 
And I was like, bitch, I've been here since day one. I've been here since day one. And not only that, I'm better than all these motherfuckers. But I've been in the back. I've been in the back this whole time. This whole time. But I don't but I don't say anything. And that's the thing that that's like frustrating. And I'm, you know, of course, it's like it's the human in me and things like that. But these are the kind of conversations that I want to have with people like you guys, because like, you know, the church doesn't allow us to have these conversations because right. then that's ego. Then yeah, that's- you gotta, I'll stay humble in the back. I don't want to I don't want to put myself out there like that because everyone has their role and I'm just going to I'm doing my thing. And, it, and this, yeah, you're right. The second you start talking about it, it's like, wow. Mike really developed a bit of an ego all the way in the back. Yeah. There, hasn't he? And it's like, dude, but, but you're not, I've been here the whole time and you're not even going to thank me. Like you're not even going to give me a $5 gift card to Starbucks. Like you're not going to give me anything. Like, it's like, I, I feel like I was completely worthless, you yeah. know? And so like, ever since then I was just like, you know what? This is not, you know, this isn't worth it. And not only that, that wasn't the only time. So I was just like, this is it. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, and there's so like, there's yeah. that tendency to go through volunteers in church. Like they're a fucking clean exit, you know? Yeah. Like I just, I, cause I did the church plant thing too for a bit and I don't, I'm, I'm still, I, I don't know. I get a little hesitant to get too in the weeds on it. Sure. Um, simply because I, I don't know. I, I this, they don't I, like you anymore. Put them on blast. Enough of a connection. I know. They probably don't. <laughs> I don't think any of them listen. I really should just get really weeds in it. But yeah. either way, it's like you know, there's a handful of people that sign up to do everything, and you're there every week, and you're there in the morning, and you're there after later than everyone else, and you're stacking chairs, and just you're literally doing your your entire life revolves around, and then yeah, you start burning out, and you're like, look, I just I don't know if I can commit to doing this anymore. Like, well, we really need you. And you kind of get that guilt trip and you're like, I guess I'll just keep doing it. And then like the amount of people that fizzled out on it, it was like, they, we started dropping like flies. It was just like, I, what are we, what is it? What are we doing? Like, no. And then you get that frustrating feeling when you're still in it, where you're like, it, it, maybe it's ego, but you, you, you start thinking to yourself, is it no one else as committed as I am in this thing? Right. And then you get in your own head about it and you then you feel shitty about that because you're supposed to stay humble. And you're like, but all I want is, you know, to not do this four Sundays a, a month. I, if I could do this one or two or three, even that'd be great. But we can't find one other volunteer to stack a fucking chair. Like that's that's why I'm doing this every week. Uh, yeah. I, I, so I, I I didn't do music, but I hear where you're coming from. Well, I mean, you're, you're so right. And I mean, and and being a musician is, it was actually not, not that it was any different. It was probably the same, but a bit different, you know, in like, it was the same amount of time just split up because like we would still have to rehearse at least once or twice a week. Yeah. It's so music is a big commitment. It's definitely a big commitment. So like, we still, we still had to like, you know, take time out of our days throughout the weeks and like, you know, things like that. Like it was, it was crazy. Did you guys by any chance see the Hillsong documentary? The new I one? I just watched it this week. I haven't watched okay. it. Okay. Well, it, it, you don't have to see it. Um, it's, it is very triggering. I will say um, for certain aspects of it. But one of the things that was super triggering for me 
was one of the, was in one of the episodes one of the volunteers one of the ex volunteers was talking about how she would be so burnt out working there and the thing that the main head like pastor was always telling them to like repeat and like say was like isn't it such a blessing that we get to do this we get to do this that we get oh, to God. do this yeah are you kidding me relatable <laughs> are you apparently. fucking kidding apparently that happens at scale like, you know? <laughs> i'm doing this for free my marriage is falling apart like, <laughs> for what your fucking chairs like <laughs> like <laughs> well okay let's let's be honest i i, I could see the There's... problem is you didn't have that little dolly thing to move uh, more than <laughs> if you had that we wouldn't be having this conversation would we mike <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> like okay so my pastor that i grew up with was great this is just one of the best people ever you yeah. know but a lot of the people that i met after that, that are pastors or we're going to be pastors or we're destined to become pastors, not great. And like, <laughs> there is a certain degree of like, there's, there's a certain degree of like, you want to, you can call it confidence, you can call it narcissism or whatever, but like any job, like I'm a sales trainer and any, you know, just like in my job, like for me to stand up in front of a bunch of people and say, here, I'm about to tell you guys what you ought to think about this subject. I'm going to tell you how you ought to approach these situations that you deal with on a daily basis. Like you have to have a degree of like confidence or narcissism. It just depends on what you want to view it as. And like some of the people that I've met since my pastor are just not great people. I mean, it's yep. not that they're like bad people or they're evil or they have ill intentions or anything like that. They're just not stellar. You know, and I don't it's know. Like a you used get... car salesman decides that their calling is being a pastor. Yeah, there's a, a there's like a it. there's like a sense of there's almost like a sense of entitlement that comes with some of that stuff. Where it's like, well, of course you would do this. Like you're expected yeah. to do this. You know, by you saying that you wanted to do this once, you've burdened yourself with a holy responsibility. And if you're not yeah. coping well with it, that's that's your problem. You need to sort that out on your own. And it's like the whole call. Oh, it's like a God calling. Like I can I can sell Cutco knives if I want to, but God didn't call me to do that. You throw the pastor title out there, and it's like, oh, you have. You must have a specific calling for it's like that's probably not a great foot to start off on for someone who's like eighteen years old who just decided they're going to be a pat like a whatever pastoral stuff. I forget what the liberty the major was at Liberty, but I don't I don't know if this is like completely off topic here, but like I have never and and I mean I've always been like this since I was a kid. I have never been into people that like and i'm trying to get my words right here because like there are very specific christians that i just don't mesh with like at all mm -hmm. and those are these types of people that seem like fake like uh -huh. they're like they're very like they're very chick-fil-a-ish if that makes any <laughs> sense where it's just like crispy and delicious it, well, no, like it just seems like it seems like when you take the apron off, it's a different world. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? From, uh, what's their uh, what's their? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> they're they're saying it's slipping my mind. Thank you. My pleasure. There yeah, my pleasure. Ooh, that was getting scary for a second. Well, that's that's the thing where it's just like, you know, because like like my whole thing was like, I've always been the type of person that's like, if you're going to be you, be you. Because I once I learned and I learned this at a very young age, and that is that God is always watching. Right. So if God is always watching, then that means that I should be who I am all the time. Right. Because God's always watching. Right. That so hit that d- you different than it hit most people, I think. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> that message hit you differently than it hit most people. That's so funny. I, I'm, well, well, because I'm like, this. because for example, like I absolutely like despised people that I would say like, you know, oh crap or whatever, like at church. And then people will be like, hey man, you can't say crap at church. And I'm like, why? God's everywhere. He hears me say it at home. Why yeah, can't I right. say it here? Which is a... That's a better way to look at it. I th- but what I'm laughing about is I feel like most people like God's always watching. So they're phony everywhere all the time. And when they're not phony, they're full of shame and regret and hoping and that. And they hey, can, man, I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying I'm not full of shame and I'm not phony at some <laughs> points either. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I don't have shame sometimes, but I I certainly try to be myself as much as humanly possible all the time you know like i i stopped i like i just don't i i just don't like you know being an act like like for example like when i was the this christian kid that would that would say freaking instead of fucking like it was because i really meant freaking you know what i mean like it wasn't because i was <laughs> i meant the other word i really meant freaking like, you know what I mean? Like, like, that's what it was. Like, you know, I am, I am that person like, you know, and, and so like, I just can't, I don't know, man. Like I, I, and I've talked about this on my podcast before, like the person that like really bothers me and, and we, we get these types of people all the time and you know who I'm talking about. I'm sure your listeners know who I'm talking about. And I don't know if they hate them as much as I do, but the types of people that I'm talking about are like the people that like will talk about something at church that is like a secular thing. And then they will predicate it with Christian values. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Like, I don't know know, if you've seen game of Thrones. I mean, probably shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. It's definitely got some stuff in there that, uh, you know, I, I, I feel convicted to fast forward through, but did you see the one (laughs) where they all met and fought and and there was a big pile of dead guys? Did you see the one with the titty in it? Like (laughs) (laughs) that one one episode. Yes, James. I saw all 14 of them. Yep. (laughs) It's like Um, comedy. It's like comedies, especially if they make the plunge to watch a comedy. It's like, Oh dude, that happens to me. A lot of crude humor in it, but happens to me all the time i mean i i said it i said it to a buddy like it happens to me it used to happen to me all the time at church when people would find out i was a comedian because that's the thing you know it's kind of been a thing recently within the past five years where like if you bring up you're a comedian anywhere it like trumps any conversation you know unless you landed on the moon everybody wants to know what your job <laughs> is like you know like everybody wants to know what it's like being a comedian you know and so uh so people are like, oh my gosh, like, you know, oh, who are your inspirations? Like, who do you like? And like, you know, 
And so this guy would always come up to me and he just, you know, I remember this one guy, he was like, he was like, oh my gosh, man, you know, you know, who's really funny. Like, I mean, he curses a lot, but Dane Cook, like he's so funny. And it's like, (laughs) dude, do you not think I know what comedy is? Like, I know, like, I didn't watch Mike Warnke. Like, I know who, I know what comedy is, man. Like, you know, I'm not sitting here like, you know, oh man, I I really got into comedy because I love John Crist. You know what I mean? Like, get your hand out of my dick, John. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Brian Regan. I, I like Brian Regan because he's because <laughs> yeah, he's clean. no shade of Brian Dude. Regan. Not no shade he's of funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing, man. Like it. That's the thing that bothers me, dude. Is like the thing that bothers me about the and and again it has nothing to do with brian because brian is a killer he is a murderer dude that guy could get on stage for three hours and murder for it's crazy he's i listen to a lot of comedy podcasts where like like comedians talking right and yeah not clean comics you know maybe like your tom segura like in Mm -hmm. burt kreischer whatever having a conversation and it's like they're not you they're never gonna you know, be, have similar audiences. Right. Right. But, uh, they will. And I, I just remember when I was in high school, really loving Brian Regan and then trying to watch him again in my thirties and being like, this isn't for me anymore. And that's, I, I, it just doesn't hit the same way, but yeah. Listening to other comics talk about Brian Regan with like the highest level of respect. Mm-hmm. is like, Oh yeah, this guy, he is on another level. He can go anywhere and say anything and make people laugh. And it's a shame that he like just maybe it's only because of the bubble I grew up in, but it's like he just got like that was it. Oh, he's clean, therefore it's safe, and you can listen to it. And it's okay, you know, everybody it. listens to all the rest of them, but it's okay to talk about Brian Regan. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the thing that 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 I was gonna say is like you know comedians will talk about Brian because he's a murderer and he's so good. But the the first thing they'll say is how funny he is. Christians, the first thing they'll say is he's clean. Yeah, it's always kind of like build as like uh like I'm protecting you. Yeah, I'm protecting you from the fact that Game of Thrones has boobs in it, right? <laughs> right. By telling you that hey, just so you know, ooh, it's got some stuff. Yeah, because I can't read the weaker brothers. If you're a because I can't because I can't read the title cards and I don't know what rating systems are and I don't know anything. Yeah, you're right because I'm a complete imbecile. That's why it's like always (laughs) billed as like a uh, a false guilt. Like I kind of feel bad that I enjoy this, but I am talking about it. It's a guilty pleasure. When people mention like, oh, I've watched Game of Thrones, like, oh, you watch you you watched. So when you started it and that big MA came up and it's a gratuitous nudity and violence and and you were okay with it. You started it after seeing that. Yeah. MA, I thought that was mom approved. Like (laughs) no, I mean, I you know, I was gonna say, you know, uh more than likely, you know, Brian Brian was somebody that people were talking about probably like early two thousands, but now now it's probably Nate Bergetzi. You know, like Nate is now the guy that Christians are like you know he's hilarious, but he's also like he's clean. So like, you know, yeah, it's great. He is so you know what he's amazing here's what i love about nate bargazzi i didn't know anything about him when i threw on his first special maybe it was on he did um 
It was one of those like 30 minute. No, I, before I watched this 30 minute one on that Netflix compilation where they had like maybe five or six comics do like 30 minutes. I saw his first special that was on Netflix. Yeah. And I watched the whole thing, laughed my ass off. And it wasn't until like the next day that I had thought, oh my God, he was clean. Yeah. Because it, he was so funny that it did, sometimes clean comics, it registers quickly that like, okay, this is a clean comic. That is the best thing about Nate. Yep. The best thing about Nate is that it does not register that he's yes. being clean because, and, and I, and I think I know why, because he's, he's talking about dark things. Like he still talks about murder. He still talks about horses dying. You know, like he still yeah. talks about like, he still talks about like morbid things, but he doesn't swear. He doesn't talk about sex. He doesn't talk about things like that, but like he will get to like, he will, he will get to the line and dance on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great, you know? Um, but anyway, you know, not to, not to keep talking about comedy and bore <laughs> well, and bore. Can crazy. I can I tell you my favorite, uh, comedy story that sure that, it applies to my life are you kidding yeah i love it so i work for a company <laughs> that is is not necessarily a christian company okay but we do Lifeway say prayer and pledge to the flag before we do any meetings or anything right it's not a bad thing it's just a thing that's always there and it's kind of irritating very conservative company as might be the way to say it okay and there's a comedian that plays guitar and stuff like that. That's a Christian. And I think his name is Tim Hawkins. Yikes. I'm, I'm not familiar <laughs> with his work. I but am. he's like a musical comedian. All right. Uh-huh. So usually we have like once a year, we have like this distributor convention where people come in from all over the world. A lot of them are Christians. And so, you know, they'll try to book a keynote speaker or somebody to come in. That's an entertainer to, sort of like kick off or or end the whole thing, right? They thought they were booking Tim Hawkins, but they booked a different comedian named Tim Wilson. Mm. Are you familiar familiar with his work? No, I don't think so. So he was on Bob and Tom a lot. And like, he was another like guy that played the guitar and, you know, sang funny songs and stuff. But this guy's like a lifelong roadhouse Mm. comedian. I know Tom Wilson. He's the uh, who's also a comic. He played Biff in Back to the Future as well. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah, Tim Wilson. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, so they got the two mixed up. So the guy that That's shows crazy. up, Tim Wilson, not a clean comic at all. Oh God, like maybe like in the in the rankings for like dir- you know some of the dirtiest, and and he's sitting at our table. at this like banquet thing that we're having beforehand. And obviously I I think he's since passed away, unfortunately, but like he's sitting there at this table talking to the people that run the company and, and getting a very clear picture of like this, not being his crowd. Oh no. And and the dude gets on on stage. Oh, and he's got 30, 45 minutes to fill. And, you know, was kind of like told before and like, hey, just so you know, uh, it's conservative crowd. Try not to swear, uh, you know, just do do your best. And and he tried. I, you got to give him credit. Like he tried to like keep it somewhat clean and stuff like that. But he just could. It's just not in his nature. It's not his act. Wow. And dude, Ugh. almost nobody oh. laughed 
the entire time. They just sat and scowled at this guy while he played his guitar <laughs> and sang like filthy songs. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he had to be like so excited to get out of that room. Oh but no. I, I'm sure they paid him well. So I hopefully it was worth it. <laughs> Corporate gigs I hear pay, but they do. <laughs> I mean the my the one of one of my I did a corporate gig uh, for a company, a very well-known uh, Coca-Cola brand um, <laughs> named Coca-Cola. Um, and um, and uh, it was, it was, it was like, <laughs> it was essentially like they were doing like some like retreat or whatever, where like, all the people from all the Coca-Colas like were coming out, out from around the world and they were like doing like a retreat and like they were doing the trust falls and like all this oh, stuff. Oh God. <laughs> and then the manager who, by the way, was not even there, like Mr. O'Cola or whatever was not even there. And uh, he uh, or she, I'm not sure uh, who the manager is, uh, booked uh, some comedians and had us all, go in and uh, and do comedy and these people were just not having it i mean and by the time it got to me Ugh. um and not which and and also um i will say this um there were female comedians there and it was good for them because they were very respectful because they were females um they however were like oh he's a guy we can curse him out you know what I mean? So they were just like, so they just started cursing me out, calling me all kinds of names that, and I, um, I mean, it doesn't matter. I already have their money, but like, I mean, it's, I'll just say what I said. I'll just say what I said. I ended the show and I said, fuck Coca-Cola. I'm drinking Pepsi for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god corporate gigs and every comic talks about how like that, that's why people must do them right the money's got to be good but it's, it's so good it's so bad yeah so bad there's a perfect yeah. there's a perfect intersection there uh, a corporate get-together is a lot like church mm -hmm. where sociopaths are on their best behavior they've put on their <laughs> best like family man face <laughs> To come out and shake hands and say it's great yeah. to see you, brother. Happy to fellowship with you, which is a dead giveaway for church uh, fakes, right? Like if they yes. use church words, yes, that's how you know. Like this guy is, yeah, a phony. Yeah, I feel like the difference between corporate and church is uh, at corporate events, everyone's like just really excited about getting fucked up on somebody else's dollar and maybe cheating on their wife that night. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, ever, I will say, I will say this. I have done corporate shows that have been so fun. Um, but they have all had alcohol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, this, I, I, but then again, I've had horrible shows that, um, that, have had alcohol so i mean it just depends i mean it's comedy is really strange because like you want them to be a little bit drunk but not too drunk because then it's going to be disruptive yeah, you know? yeah and and the thing about me is like i have gotten to a point in my life where i don't suffer fools and um 
you know, at, at least on stage. And like, I, you know, I'm relatively good at roasting, you know, people and things like that. And I've, <laughs> and I've relatively been good at being like, Hey, like I'll give you your attention, but that's it. Like, let's, this is over now. I'm going to move on, you know? And then if it, and then after, you know, if it happens again, then it's when it starts not getting fun. Then, then it's when, cause I don't like being the serious guy. I don't like having to tell people, I don't like having to tell someone to kick someone out. I just yeah, don't like it that. Kills it's them. Not it fun. must fuck the vibe up so bad. Too, it sure does. To yeah. Because you have, cause then you have to try to find a way to, either either get them back on your side unless they were being such a disruption that the crowd everyone is, just goes is so happy that they're gone yeah. and then you're like jesus christ thank god they're gone and then you just move on you know but then sometimes it's it gets violent which it has happened before um in fact uh i will here's an exclusive for you guys uh it has <laughs> it has gotten violent for once uh one time there was a guy i was making fun of him um, and, uh, I was making fun of his friend and I kept asking this guy, uh, part of this bit that I was doing is I kept asking him to get up from his seat. And the third time I asked him, he said he didn't want to get up because he had back problems. And, uh, and his friend was like, don't ask him to get up. He has back problems and all this stuff. And I was like, well, if he had back problems, Maybe, what if he had alopecia? That would have been even <laughs> I mean, who knows? But like, I was like, if he didn't, I, I, I basically said, if he didn't have a working back, that's fine. He does have a working mouth. He could have just told me when I asked him to stand up the first time. <laughs> and so, um, and then he got really mad at that, um, he be mostly because everybody thought that was funny. Um, and so uh, he got very mad and he wanted to protect his friend. And uh, the guy just stood up and he like he like tried to like fight me, essentially. And um, and he was like, he was like, do you know who that guy is? And I go, no, I don't. And he goes, he killed John F. Kennedy. And I okay. go. And I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, man, he killed John F. Kennedy. And I go, okay. <laughs> All right, man. Like, you realize, like, we've been looking for this guy for a while, yeah. right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, like, I mean, and this guy is just not having it because I'm freaking killing this. I mean, in the room. And this guy is just getting madder and madder. And so uh security's coming up and and like grabbing him and uh and he's fighting security now here's the thing uh i didn't know this until i was like you know uh, like you know closer to leaving but like but the he guy was, was george hw bush no no oh, okay but i i like i he saw they had ms no like i saw like i actually saw the guy like like uh like you know, in like I wasn't on a stage or anything, or and so like I actually saw the guy. He was about like no lie, he was maybe five two. He was very short, and so and I was like, man, that's kind of weird that like a short guy wanted to like start a start a fight with me. You know, like he was like, he was like, oh come on, man, like like I'll, you know, and and so he was like kind of he was kind of like fighting the security guard uh, for a bit. And then, uh, and then he, and then, 
And then I heard from the security guard after the show, because the security guard was like, so what do you want to do? Because that's that's the thing that happens, at you know, whenever all these things happen, like a heckler gets removed or whatever. Like, they're always like, hey, so what do you want to do? Like, do you, you want us to kick them out? Do you want us to bring them back in? You know, that kind of thing. Um, why, so was, why ask you? Wouldn't the best option always be to remove them completely and not let them back I mean, in? This is this is usually after the show is done and like okay, you're okay. you're like meeting people afterwards. So it's just like, okay. you know, you know, and, and so I was just like, I mean, I guess it's you know, I guess it's fine. You know, whatever. What I didn't know was uh, the guy was waiting outside like because he wanted to fight with me. He wanted to fight me like outside of where I was performing in this hotel. And so he was waiting outside of his <laughs> oh family. God. Waiting outside with his family, waiting with to his me. family, with his family, who was completely okay with it, who was completely certifiably okay insane. Yeah, yeah. And the guy who couldn't, who had a bad back, he was standing and completely fine. I guess and, he had his uh, baby in like a carrier on the front of his chest. Yeah, he everything. was he was just there, like being all proud that he killed John F. Kennedy and everything. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, yeah, and and like he talked apparently he had talked to the manager and like said that he wanted to sue the, the hotel <laughs> because because i i made jokes i made jokes about ageism and uh, and i was like dude i was making jokes about everybody first of all like i wasn't making jokes about like i like just because you're old doesn't mean i'm not going to make jokes about you like it's like i mean anyway it's just How it's pathetic. just wild it's wild man i mean people people are wild you know, some Can, people, some people be wild. And I, it doesn't make sense that these people, I thought that's why I'm always blown away by people who go to comedy shows yeah. and then get bent out of shape. Like if you're going to a comedy show, you better be the kind of person who doesn't get bent out of shape. Yeah. I mean, I guess he uh, had just had too many. I don't know what it was, but I mean, they, they had seemed like they had been drinking a lot because yeah. they, they were very vocal like towards the like towards the beginning um you know one of the things that i like to do uh you know this is a thing that i always do uh it, it when when people are like heckling uh is is i'll just like respond to the person like i'll just like stop and like kind of respond cuz usually that kind of shocks them and then I'm like, and then I go, yeah, did you not realize I was a person? Like, I'm not your TV. When you speak, I hear you, you know? <laughs> and and uh, and then usually that gets, that wins the room, and then that gets them to shut up for the rest of the show. So I did that, and that worked for like maybe five minutes. And then it started happening again and again and again. And Oh, after- God, that must be so awful. Yeah, and by the fifth time, I was I was saying things that were like flat out, like I mean they were just like 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 even the room was was like all right, man, like we get it, like this is not nice, but also like we don't like these people either, like they're kind of ruining the show, so I get it, you know. But you know, because that's the thing is like if they're if they're if someone's ruining a show, people are on your side. Yeah. Oh, I bet. You know, unless, uh, you know, uh, you know, unless like it gets to a point where you're saying something extraordinarily offensive, which I would never do that, you know, because I'm I'm just trying to make people laugh. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, I would never be extraordinarily offensive. I would never say something mean like 
offensively mean to somebody. I would We're never having like a Kramer moment. Yeah, I would never do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, of course. I feel not. like it doesn't get said enough. But like, hey, if you're listening to this and you're over the age of, let's say, 22 and you're still threatening to fight people, <laughs> no one thinks you're cool. Like you suck. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're pathetic. If you're standing outside a comedy club with your kids being like, daddy's going to show this guy, like <laughs> go home and reevaluate. It's so pathetic. <laughs> well, God. not only that, like the the fight wouldn't have been much of anything because like I'm not a fighter. Like I would have just let you punch me yeah. until you got tired. <laughs> I know that feeling. I have I don't have a fighting bone in my body. I need to have push would come and shove and be like, I need a friend. Yeah. I need a friend to help. Cause the truth is, like the guy was five two and he was old. He didn't seem like he had a hard punch. So I would have just let him have it out. Like I would have just been like uh like Homer when he became a boxer. Like just like <laughs> keep keep punching me until you get tired and knock yourself out. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> like and then I would just win by default because you got tired. That's <laughs> I love it. Dude, what what age were you saved? That's so funny. Um I was saved at um eight and then nine, and then 10, <laughs> and then 12, and then 13, and then again at 14, and then a few times at 15. And and then, uh, you were extra, extra sure. Yeah. I, I, not, not only extra sure. Um, it's, it's, I've gotten saved so many times. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous, man. Like I, um, it's something I get I get kind of scared about, to be honest. Like I'm still I'm still kind of scared about it. You re-up every once in a while, you apply every that uh that yeah, SPF man. again, salvation prevents fire. Is that what it is? <laughs> that was uh we played that as an outro in one of our episodes. Oh, when yeah. I was at Liberty, there was a, a rapper at Liberty who's who went by humble tip. Tip was to increase praise, if you must know. So, oh my god. A lot oh, of just to cover that joke. part. No, God. we didn't. I must have forgot about that. Uh, so his like, so he had, he was a recruiter for Liberty, and he would drive a van that had like his face on the side of it, and he would blast his own music while driving around, handing out recruiting materials and shit like that. And yeah, his song, his big one was um, was SPF, which was Salvation Prevents Fire, and it was like uh, he somehow he died on the cross. On. I put the my SPF, SPF on. on. It's it's on YouTube still. Uh, you can uh, definitely find it after this if you want. Yeah, no. I know you don't listen to praise music anymore, but, no, I'm but good. you do like it when it's got a gospel <laughs> vibe. And I don't yeah. know if that's the gospel vibe you're looking for, but I don't might think be worth so. a chance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Um, the uh, what's it called? What? So it's funny because like I one of the things that intrigued me about you guys is that you went to Liberty because like I remember. Um, when I was in high school, I wanted to go to Liberty so bad. Yeah. Like Liberty, Liberty was like the Christian Mecca. Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Mount Everest for Christians, you know, like that's like the, that's like the place. Like you're like, like if you want to learn about Jesus or, or cucking people, like that's, <laughs> that's the place, you know, Jerry Jr. had cuck 101 classes. Mm -hmm. He sure did. Um, I would wake up every morning at 8 a.m. to learn how to watch my wife fuck other men. <laughs> oh, I'm in the corner crying. 
sat, you sadly jerking off with the tears just dripping off the tip of your dick. <laughs> I feel like it was probably a lot of like after conversations from with Jerry and Becky where he was like, is he busy tomorrow night? I feel like I was too drunk to really enjoy it. Oh man. <laughs> Jesus, man. Uh, Dude, if I got to tell you, if I wasn't saved a thousand times before, I'm definitely needing to get saved after this. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, but anyway, so that's always been like, it, it, you know, in high school, that was like the thing, the place that I wanted to go. And I remember when I was a, maybe like ninth grade or like 10th grade or something i went to college for a weekend yes yeah. college for a weekend, dude. some motherfucker stole one of my hoodies when i had a college for a weekend kid stay in my dorm room really oh yeah i want to kill that kid still what year would have this have been <laughs> oh no i i don't remember it was like maybe 2004 maybe 2005 um it's- Dude, it's possible I was there at the same time for a college. For- really? I'm trying to think of when I would have gone. Because I went in two- Did I go in 2007 and I went for a college for a weekend and probably a couple years. So I probably went for a college for a weekend in 2005 too. Yeah. I mean, the, I will say that like the, t- so, so the time that I went, that I was there, um, like, I, I don't know if it was like because it was college for a weekend or what, but like and Liberty wanted to be like, this is what it's like every week here. Um, but they were like third day plays and like David Crowder band opens like, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but there was like concerts and like, you know, stuff like that. And um, and the concerts were cool and, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't like anybody that played except David Crowder. I thought he was he was pretty cool at the time. Um, and uh but I, I remember specifically uh, being so bummed, like personally and like and of course, no offense to you guys, because it has nothing to do with you. It's just, you know, the school that you went. Um, but I'm going to be re- so offended. I can already feel it. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it <kidding>. is <laughs> No, but but it's like I I guess it's like a never meet your heroes if your heroes are a school. But like you know but, but like but like like i always thought it was like this like amazing like place and then i went and i was just like the people here kind of suck like i you know i nobody here's like i i don't really feel like a community like it it's not really like a i feel like kind of lost here you know like i don't know if i like it you, you know? must have stayed on east campus maybe maybe was it but, uh was it like were they almost like apartments where they're like almost like apartments. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's exactly what big, it was. Big feud between East Campus and the rest of us. We were oh, circle. Really? We were on the circle. So we had like these army barracks that had, I mean, they were basically made out of metal, like okay. in cinder blocks. And then cool. that's where the poor kids stayed. And I would love rich, that. The rich kids stayed in East Campus when those are the kids whose parents were paying for or the kids who didn't understand the concept of student loans. Lots of those so, kids too. Okay, so that's <laughs> why I didn't like anybody there. Yeah, it's it's possible because then you go no to, that's to, that's entirely dude all of my <laughs> i'm not kidding all of my friends are poor <laughs> because i relate to poor people because i'm poor <laughs> yeah man yeah. like i get it like i i don't relate to i don't relate to people that that are that like come from money and like you know richie rich type people i don't well, believe you stayed on the right campus because it allows you to dodge that bullet so it, it, 
it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there you go. But I ended up going to another Christian college named Bryan College. I don't know if you guys have heard of that college. But, I haven't. It uh, sounds poor. Yeah. It, I, <laughs> it, it was it's in it's in uh, Tennessee. It's it was started by a guy named Brian. Um, and uh, who the life of Brian was based off of. <laughs> I wish it would have been so name. much. Would have been so much cooler. Um, no, it was a Christian. It was a it was a Christian college, um, and dude, I went there for a semester, and I hated it. Hated it so much. I went there to be a music major, and um, all of the music that they had me learning was was like, uh, you know, kind of classical stuff and. You know, just stuff where I was just like, what's the point of this? Like, what am I even learning? You know, like and and like you're teaching me to sing the way you want me to sing, not as not the way that I should learn how to sing, Um, because my whole thing was like, you know, I I grew up, you know, and and you guys can kind of relate because like we've we've kind of become friends online and things like that so like i know you guys are into like scene music you guys are into rock and roll and things like that like that's the kind of music that i've been into my whole life like i've been into rock music i've been into like the warp tour pop punk bands and you know that kind of stuff the scene music that's the kind of music that i like and the music that i write now is very alt indie type of stuff you know uh jack's mannequin andrew mcmahon in the wilderness you know stuff like that um and so uh you know i just kind of saw that and i was just like you know you're kind of like teaching me to become this singer that i don't want to be you Mm -hmm. know and like i'm i want to be unique like i want to be a different you know kind of singer and so like i I just flat out just stopped going to class and i just neglect i neglected class and so uh, I found uh, I had a roommate that was in my dorm, uh, in my in my dorm floor, not in my dorm room, but in my dorm floor. His name was Jason. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're definitely not. But if you are, I freaking love you, dude. Um, I still love this guy. If he called me today, it would be like nothing had ever changed. I mean, this guy is awesome. We would skip class together every day. <laughs> <laughs> would be we would be just so negligent and uh it was just awful uh but it was awesome like at the same time um like it was like and like he taught me about music that i didn't know you know because i grew up in such a christian bubble because like really all i knew was like michael w smith and dc talk and you know the heaviest music i knew was like skillet you know, yeah. <laughs> thousand foot crutch still you know? going yeah. hard. Yeah. Oh, like, they, they hey, quit. yeah, man. Hey, man, it's heavy because they spell crutch with a K, you know, <laughs> and so like stuff like that. And like and don't get me wrong, like it was it was certainly serviceable at a time of my life. Like it was it was certainly, a you know, good at the time. Oh, um, yeah. But he was like, hey, dude, have you ever heard of Tooth and Nail Records? And I was like, no, what's that? And like he kind of started showing me bands like Amberlin and, and Emery and showbread and, you know, really cool. Like, you know, yeah, tooth and nails, a Christian label, but like they were doing unique sounding things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, so it's like, yeah, like there's that. And then, 
Um, and also there, this was also at a time in 2007, 2008, where there were kind of like the switch foot Christians, like the, or the switch foot Christian bands where it was like one foot in one foot out, you know, where like, cause switch foot and reliant K and like bands like that were being played at Abercrombie and Fitch. You know what I mean? And like at like Hollister, you know, and things like that, like they were played on MTV, you know, so so people did know Be My Escape, you know, people knew those songs Um, and uh, which is great, you know, and and, uh, so so, yeah, man, I mean, and to this day, I mean, there's there's probably still there's probably still bands like that. I mean, you know, no, they definitely don't talk about it, but I, I certainly feel that 21 pilots is very Christian leaning. Um, you know, judging by their lyrics, you know, they're very, it seems like they're very spiritual. They don't talk about that stuff, which is something that I really respect that they don't talk about. Um, but, they just it's one of those things where it's just like i don't know man somebody that didn't at least grow up christian wouldn't think like this especially at their age exactly that's like you um, know what i mean manchester orchestra kind of falls into that yeah i know well i I know um andy hall i think he he grew up a pastor's kid actually yeah yeah he said he says that in a song i believe he says i i grew up i grew up a son of a of a pastor of a pastor of a baby or something i i forget what it was yeah i some song in in their uh in the i i forget the the album it's like a, a watercolor album <laughs> it's hard to describe a manchester orchestra album because like a lot of <laughs> it's like describing a dream you know what yeah. i mean you're like you're like it was like you know you were there but like you were you kind of looked like like charlie sheen but like when you would <laughs> when you would smile, like you look like Curious George, and then like you would speak, but you sounded like Steve Urkel, <laughs> and then and then people are like, all right, I mean, I guess. And then every time and you start it, to explain a dream to somebody, after like after like two seconds, you're like, why am I doing this? It's not, yeah, this is nothing's coming out the way I wanted to. Yeah. I'm realizing how little I actually remember about this. Yeah, no, it's it's so it's so true, but yeah. Um, anyway uh that's so i you know i i kind of that kind of was like the the beginnings of like kind of discovering you know new music and and things like that and also that this was a time when like you know i think it's a little bit easier for people to not be in a bubble like how it was for us because with streaming now it's a little bit easier to kind of listen to whatever you want yeah yeah you're Parents aren't vetting your CDs and going yeah. through your collection and throwing them out. Now it's just all on your phone. And you're yeah, literally like restricted to either stuff from family Christian bookstore or mm-hmm. the Christian or faith-based section at like FYE. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like you you guys want to hear some tea. Like I was the kid who would get secular albums and I would get my parents to buy them because the band name sounded Christian. Yeah. <laughs> what was one of them? Uh, one of them. I'll name a bunch of them. Newfound Glory, Saves yep. the Day, Nine Inch Nails, um, uh, <laughs> Three Nine Days Grace. Three Days Grace. The nails that uh, went into Christ's arms. Were yeah, nine they inches. were nine inches. Uh, Three Days Grace. Uh, um, 
story of the year. I don't know how I came up with that one, but I, I'm sure I made <laughs> Jesus something Christ up. was the story of the year. He was the story of the year. 33 AD. AD yeah. zero. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is just a, a personal take as a musician. Um you know 30 seconds to mars gets a lot of credit but they're very they are just doing what story of the year did maybe five years before and got all the credit for it i think story of the year is so much better than they are um sure such a dreamboat yeah he's a 50 yeah he dude that guy's 50 what crazy he's 50 years old isn't that nuts shut the fuck up dude he's 50 years old He's See, 50. That makes sense. He still has like child eyes. Okay, and he and he has speed bump abs. Like he, I don't, I don't believe that there's not some genetically modified action going on here. There has to be. Well, I mean, it's Hollywood, man. You like, butter those day, abs like... like corn on the cob. Just watch it melt. <laughs> you know? He I also mean, seems like the absolute worst. I yeah can't think of any like. He seems like probably the most annoying person to be in a room with out of any actor ever. I've said I gotta, it with my take. I gotta be honest, dude. And this is, and this is my personal thought about actors that are good. I think actors that are good have to be weird, <laughs> and that's because, um, like, and and if you ever notice, if you ever notice, like, whenever they talk, like in interviews. Like they have these isms, you know, where they're just like, yeah, like I was just like thinking like, you know, and you're just like, who the hell talks like that? Yeah, you're like, not who, real. Like you're, like you're not you a have real have no person. sense of self. Yeah, like who? And it's because the only thing that they know is putting their body into a vessel that is something else. Yeah. That's <laughs> all like they your, know. Your identity is adrift. Yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. You are something else and you are not you anymore. You are, so you are never you, you know? Um, because when you think about it, the great that are, the people that are great at interviews, people that are great on panels, um, that are great at being celebrities, um, are people that are not really great actors. They're not really acting. They're like, Seth Rogen doesn't act. His name's just Greg in, in this movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's really all it is. You know? But I'm okay with that. And you're okay with that. Because when you go to a Seth Rogen movie, that's what you want. You know? When you go to a John Cena movie, that's what you want. You know? Like, when I saw... Like, I... And, and, and sure enough, there are definitely people that can wow you. Of course, you know, like, like, for example, like John Cena just, you know, wowed the pants off of me when I saw Peacemaker, you know, like he, he had like some crazy emotional scenes and things like that, but he's also a professional wrestler. Like his whole thing is like, I have to be emotional to nosebleeds in Madison Square Garden. Like, of course he's good at acting. Like that's literally what it is. You know, is, is there something to the idea that like, because I'm thinking of like some of my favorite comedians and I'm not I'm not sure. Like, I love Tim Dillon. I'm not sure oh, I yeah. want to meet Tim Dillon. <laughs> like, I feel like it's going to be a bad experience if I meet him. Is that <laughs> true? Of comics? Do you? I don't think so. I mean, it depends. I mean, it's certainly, you know, I think, you know, the the, the thing is like people people are awkward you know like it's just like everybody has like awkward moments you know and like nobody 
you know, nobody's going to nobody's going to ever say the perfect thing. You know, like it's never going to go exactly how you think it's going to go. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't really know how to exactly answer this question because like it's one of those things where like I I think I think you're you're better off meeting someone like after they've done something like after they've done like a show or something where it's like hey man like I know like I know why you're here like that kind of thing as opposed to like if you meet them at a Starbucks or something you know, there's more chances that you're going to be like, that was a weird experience. And it's like, yeah, yeah they weren't <laughs> expecting you to be there. They weren't expecting that a fan would show up at a Starbucks and be like, hey, man, can I get a picture with you? You know, like <laughs> they were just wanting to get a coffee, you know, that makes and so. Sense. Yeah, like it's just, you know, a, a lot of people like I, I think people just don't realize that, like the people that they look up to are also people. You know, and if you if you were treated like you like if you were treated like that, too, it would also be weird for you. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'd just be like, hey, man, like, you know, which is why, for example, I will never talk to someone uh, that's a celebrity if they are eating or if they're with their kids ever. Yeah, it feels like that makes, you know. So I, I I mean, I guess I'm the kind of person who would see if I saw someone one, if I ever saw someone that I thought was a celebrity, I would never be able to convince myself maybe that they actually were. I'd be like, There's no way I, I'm going to go up and say hi to somebody and it's not going to be them. And this is going to be awful. You will follow but, them up the stairs and sniff at them, though. Yeah. I'll yeah. Sniff butts on the stairwell. Of course. Sure will. Sure will. Daddy just, likey. That's what he says. That's I just what he hang says. out there. I, I, I hang out in stairwells. And as soon as someone goes up the stairs, <laughs> I pull out right after them and get real close. And then it's just like, it's cool. It's someone cool. didn't smell, shower today. I smell <laughs> Theovan's butthole. Yeah. <laughs> you really have to get that close for Vaughn. Uh, Theo Vaughn, you can, you, you can be like three steps behind and, and still know. That's true, man. You can always smell the Rat King coming. <laughs> um... <laughs> true i feel Um, like there's a i feel like there's still a million questions but dude i have a million answers (laughs) i i could be here forever i'm here i i can also do more episodes if your audience (laughs) if your audience likes me enough i will keep coming back (laughs) well that sounds great uh yeah let's real quick let's figure i want to hear about like you stopped going to school like or you kind of dropped out ish yeah i don't know if you did it officially when did you get that comedy bug and start drifting into comedy? So I, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of speed through it. So I, I dropped out of school, and then I ended up doing a kind of like a trade school kind of thing where I took uh, a uh, at Calvary Chapel they have a, a program called Ocean's Edge School of Worship, and they had a program where you could learn uh, four years of Berkeley School of Music in one year. Um, And so I did that. It was the best year and the worst year of my life at the same time. That's the best way that I like to say it. Um, Because I learned so much, but it was so hard. Um, Because it was a lot of practicing. It was a lot of homework. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of classes. But it was awesome at the same time. Um, And um, I you know, wrote music. Uh, I started, uh, my own project. Um, and I, um, and then I wrote an album, 
uh, in 2015 called Dreamer under my band name, Mike Valdez and the Noise, uh, which you can find and you can find that anywhere. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I wrote that with uh, with a couple of friends of mine uh, that helped me produce it. Uh, but yeah, I, I played all the instruments and sang and, you know, I uh, and wrote the songs, everything. And then, um, in 2015, I moved to Los Angeles, uh, to just do the acting thing. Cause I've always been an actor as well. I've always, I've always kind of been okay. an all around performer. So I've always been an actor. I've always been a singer songwriter, all that stuff. It was never a comedian. Um, it was always something I was into, but it wasn't something I was like, you know, never thought that I could do. Um, and then, uh, I decided, uh, after I met with, uh, after I met with a manager, uh, that I wanted to do an open mic because, uh, she told me to take improv classes and I couldn't afford them. Uh, and so I started doing, <laughs> so I started doing stand up because stand up was free. Yep. And she said, as long as you're on a stage, I don't care what you're doing. As long as you're on a stage and you're keeping your, you're keeping your creativity sharp and you're performing, I don't care what you're doing. And so I said, okay, great. And so I just kept doing it and I didn't care that I sucked. I just kept doing it because I felt like I had to. And I feel like that's the only way that I would have kept doing it. So you just um, powered through like bombing a bunch in it. Yeah. The you didn't only... have that. Like you didn't have that initial, like I feel like there's some comics who are like, yeah, I did it and it went great. And they didn't experience a bomb until like maybe a little, like a few months later, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't even that I was, and, and to be fair, I, it wasn't that I was bombing. Like I, I, okay. um, I was always, and, and I wasn't, I was always, I, I don't even want to say that I was pretty good. Like I was like, cause even if I looked at videos now, like I would think that I suck, but there, there's laughs happening. Like, and, and the thing is, I personally think that what it was, was that I was very likable. that, but that comes from being a performer my whole life. That comes from, um, in a way, having skipped the line that a lot of comedians hadn't done yet. You think you it was know? like a conf? You just kind of had confidence going out there. You didn't feel uncomfortable yeah. on stage, and that yeah, resonated? really, really, all it was was the. So essentially, the only thing I didn't have were jokes. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Something you're thinking about, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds funny, but like that's just true. Like that's that's just what it was. Like. The only thing I didn't have was jokes, you know, and like, sure, like some jokes hit and, and, you know, whatever. But like I was I was kind of hitting a lot of the stuff with with just my charm, you know, and that was pretty much it. Um, and I got that through being through having always been a performer, having always been on stage and just never being afraid of that. And um, and I'll never forget this, man. I, I, I did. I had done a, a bunch of shows and then one random show this lady came up to me and she just said, she said, Hey, you're really funny, but I don't know who you are. You should tell me who you are when you're on stage. You should talk more about yourself. Huh? And then I was like, okay. And then I started getting more personal. And then the second I started getting more personal, things started clicking. It makes sense. Because I never thought that talking about like, you know, being a Christian or, having an innocent upbringing having you know you know being in a christian bubble like any anything like that i just didn't think it was relatable 
mm-hmm. you know and then um and then i realized it could who cares if it's relatable just the fact that it happened to someone is kind of funny because it's crazy it yep you know <laughs> That's that's the uh, we're still riding that bus here a little bit. Where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> that's everyone wants to for people who grew up in it, especially there's like that. Oh, my God, it's so nice to find people who get it. But I my experience with people, this is obviously on a stage or in comedy, but my there's a hesitancy to want to get into it with some people for sure. But my experience yeah. has been when people find out about your upbringing, like, oh, yeah, you know, homeschooled, super church, like everyone's fascinated like i want i need to hear more about them. people yeah. people find it very interesting and if you well, mix it like, with humor it's like we were talking earlier like you're drawn to like there's so much stuff in front of us right now that feels like forced and fake and phony that like mm-hmm. you're just drawn to someone who's genuine yeah and like just you know that's that's been a pattern for me over the years a lot where I've, I've, you know, just been drawn to like certain people that I listen to and stuff, because like, even if I don't have a lot in common with them, or I don't feel like I agree with a lot of what they say, like, I just feel, I feel pretty positive that I'm getting like the unfiltered version of what they think or what they believe. And, and that Mm -hmm. is appealing in and of itself in an age where everything feels like, like sterilized and, and orchestrated, you know, of course. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Um, <laughs> <Let's>, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, so funny. it's funny that you say that. I just said that. Uh, I guess it was the Open other night. The uh, I was talking to my heart, Lord. We should like... <laughs> We should close out an episode with the prayer Olympics and just see who can do the best throwback evangelical prayer to close out the evening. I, dude, I wanted to talk to you about this. What is the weird? <laughs> what is the weirdest opening prayer you have ever heard? Because here's the thing: like, have you ever been a part of like improv, like like improv prayer circles where it's like a rap battle, but it's like people like <laughs> praying? Yeah. Yes. And like people are trying to like one up each other praying, you know, so yeah. they'll just be like, dear father, God, like holiest father, God, that is up in the clouds and <laughs> dearest father, God, holy of the Bible that is in my heart right now. <laughs> like, you know, dude, there was one guy in our in my church that had like a, a bit of a lisp and everybody <laughs> picks a term for God that they repeat 600 times during their public prayer. Father God, like, whether it's Father, Father, this, Father, that, and uh, his was precious Lord and Heavenly Father. <laughs> just like it, it all just kind of like molded it. It molded like six <laughs> words into three. It's like precious Lord and Heavenly Father, and he would just say it over and over again. Oh, and you're no. just like, ah, oh, dude, this is. It feels like we're fluffing up a 250 word essay or a de- so, blackboard post. <laughs> I so I. Of course, I want to I want to put it to your listeners. Please write into Growing Up Christian. Let let them know what is the weirdest opening prayer you've ever heard. But I think <laughs> I think I have every single person. I can't wait. <laughs> that is, and it was it was somebody. We're all just going, oh dear Father, dear Lord, and dear God, and one guy just goes, "Hi, Daddy." Oh no! Are you? Hi, Daddy. <laughs> what? I, dude, I wish I could say that I did not hear that 
myself before. Hi, uh, Daddy. That that prayer group that I had mentioned previously, there was um someone had started talking about how the Bible says Abba Father. Abba is like an endearing term. It's like saying Daddy. So like people, yeah. Like for I heard that too, man. Daddy God, Daddy God. You're like Daddy, I'm God, not here for that. Dude, the logical next step in this arms race is senpai. <laughs> Dear sweet heavenly senpai. (laughs) We have to. What's the. Okay. I I know you guys are probably trying to end this, but we have to think of like what is the weirdest. We have to talk about what is the weirdest possible thing we could. We can open one with. Can we say. um, Okay. um, uh, Dearest. uh, Dearest. Dearest master daddy. Um, Can we say that? Dearest. Dearest Master yeah. Daddy, is that is that the weirdest? What's what's weirder than Dearest Master what Daddy? Are the ma- what are the what are the masters called in pup play? I don't know. Um, <laughs> dearest Master Daddy, um, I'm trying to think of like what's what's weirder than that. Um, it, uh, senpai is is really good, actually. Dearest, dearest, sweet, dearest Master Senpai, Sovereign okay. Senpai, <laughs> Sovereign. <laughs> Um, Sweet sovereign senpai. <laughs> it's it's technically not wrong, but it sounds so disgusting. Fill us up. <laughs> we want to feel you in this place. Gosh, man, can we please talk about why we have to sing songs about oh, yeah. all of that disgusting stuff at nine in the morning? Like, like, do I really have to read a projector that says he's coming on the clouds at nine a.m.? Yeah, like, or, like uh, <laughs> it's a lot. The lyrics yeah. we 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 earlier on in this we were we did a couple of games with people where it was like I had I picked two actual it was like a couple of rounds and there was like two real worship lyrics and then just one sexual innuendo I made up and yeah make people guess which ones were an actual worship lyric and which one or make people guess the pretend one and it was yeah I don't think anybody difficult. got it right. No, it was difficult for people. <laughs> so what do you think, bad. What do you think is the uh, is the most sexual CCM song? Oh my god. It's I I feel like I make some up in my head too much sure. to like actually be able to remember. It's been so long since I've been in like the CCM. Rockfist count. <laughs> Rockfist is good. Rockfist is good. I think Skillet has a couple that are very BDSM y. So Skillet has one. <laughs> Okay, so so Skillet not only has so many bondage songs, yes, Skillet, yes. The the lead singer of Skillet has a new project because this bondage song is so bondage heavy that the members of Skillet were like, "You have to start your own fucking project now." <laughs> we can't no, releasing this. this on Fet Life. Yeah, like we can't we can't even sing this song in in our band. So this song is called, um, uh, I forget exactly, uh, goodness, uh, I'm trying, I, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up right now, but the name of the band is called fight the fury. That's the name of the band. Oh yeah. Um, have you heard the, have you heard? I feel like I, know. I think I heard the single. Okay. The single is called dominate me. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, I mean, mean that's, that's what, what's going on here. Uh, that is what John Cooper is saying. Um, so, so anyway, the chorus is. Um, let's see. Uh, 
Oh my gosh. Break me, I need to feel ya. Take me, I need to feel ya. Save me, I need to feel ya. I need to feel you. This is how you dominate me. Every part of me. Yeah, it's okay. Dominate me. Teach me how to misbehave. I like the consent Yeah, teach me how to misbehave. I can be your slave. Yeah, it's okay. Dominate me. It's okay. Dominate me. You know, like the nonchalant <laughs> reference to slavery. So, so basically, he's giving consent to Jesus to piss on him and beat him. <laughs> he he sounds like a lot like slavery wasn't so bad kind of a guy in this one too. It's it's a it's a piss on me, beat me, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Try it out. Try it out. <laughs> try it out. Yeah, <laughs> he's a try it out guy. I um, love it, dude. We have to send this to YMH. Yeah, we, have to, we have to please do here's, uh, here, to piss on some, me beat me jesus song these were some that i had pulled from uh this is from a while back but it was uh did you know phillips craig and dean oh yeah them? yeah they they had a really uh sexual one so every about, drop is gone I'll yeah till every drop is you. gone that's what it was yeah and then yeah. there's uh tasha cobb cobbs mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you stretch on myself. Wide. I'm bigger because of you. Yeah. It's like, uh, I always would have been better without those. Things. Yeah. Always. I always thought this, even when I was like a little kid, uh, I always felt very uncomfortable uh, when I would hear Jackie Velasquez. I get on my knees. Yeah. Anything about being on your knees. I'm on my knees waiting for Jesus to come, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're just like, like, all right. It's I mean, terrible. I mean, I'm I'm 13. My body's exploding. Like, I'm gonna ruin my Sunday shirt. <laughs> Here's one. Here's another my one. My Sunday Pillar. slacks are gone. One, I, one more from Pillar was uh, now you pull me apart. I'm suspended in you. Stretch me bigger. Oh my god! They're like, sus- oh, why? They're like they're in the suspension games. It's pretty sweet. That's really crazy, man. How like <laughs> what's what's wild is like how the and this is another thing too that I noticed is like Christian Christian pop is more about like f- filleting Jesus, <laughs> right? Because it's about like oh we want to make Jesus come and like you know like like we want to make him feel good and like all this stuff. He won't but come then, back until he feels good. But then rock and roll Christian music is about bondage with jesus it's because they're heavy you know what i mean so it's like dude fucking fist me jesus like you know what i mean use me ga- use me all of me that's what i'm saying throw gag, in my rock gag fist, me my rock fist. gag oh my me God. jesus my body is yours use it use it have your will in me daddy oh we're back to daddy hi daddy um yeah anyway best christian rock album What's your favorite? Uh, Creed. I don't know. I no. I'm kidding. Um, best Christian rock album. Yikes, that's tough. Um, I mean, I really liked. I really liked uh, Phenomenon by Thousand Foot Crutch a lot when that it came out. That was a out. good one. That was a really good one. Was that um, the one with Rockfist, or was that the one after? It was. It was yeah. the one with Rockfist. Dude, I, but, I I throw up my Rockfist here and there. Yeah, but to be fair, I will say. Um, I'm not counting Reliant K cause I don't, I don't put Reliant K in like the rock genre. I kind of put them in like a alternative. You oh know. yeah. And they're, I'll stand by Reliant K till the day I die. They're fantastic yeah. still. They're still like my favorite and not to mention like 
they're like super cool now. Like they they've um have you guys heard of uh Semlar? Yeah. Yeah, so like she's great. Grace is is so great and she writes such great music and like I don't know if you guys have heard her story about like, you know, how she started covering Reliant K on TikTok, but yeah, like I saw her on John yeah. Steingard's podcast. Yeah. So like slowly uh people from Reliant K started covering like helping helping her cover the songs and things like that and then they heard her music um because her album went number one in the christian charts and it like what was controversial because it had curse words in it and it was lgbtq affirming and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um and now reliant k has her opening for them yeah so they just wrapped up their tour yeah so i'm just like now i'm now i like reliant k even more and you know yeah good for her I mean, yeah. It, just yeah, I it's, like, it's just it's like just great. great to see somebody like that's got to be a dream. That's got to be like it's, a dream come yeah. true. It's great to see good people win. And like, that's just like, what it is. Kind of have kind of throw their middle finger to the way things are. And yeah. I think was, what was so cool about that one, too. This is mm-hmm. the first time good people have won since 2016. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's been a long time. We needed it. We needed a win, guys. <laughs> Let's rapid fire out a couple before we close out. What yeah. was your uh, what was your Bible translation of choice? Oh man, English. <laughs> you didn't you didn't get all up in what Bible translation you had? NIV, NASB. I mean, believe it believe it or not, I, I did go to Spanish church, so so technically I'm I am telling the truth but uh but yeah i mean i had them all man i had the i had the message i had the message remix like i had you were I had all mess- the message yeah i had all the i had all the the, the pagan bibles the message was a remix so the message yeah, remix was a I know. remix to the remix yeah i Did anybody ever the... give you guys an old dictionary <laughs> no is that a, is that was that a thing that was unique to our situation Somebody, I don't think so. We had a youngster that, like, for a graduation, got us all like 1852 Webster's dictionaries because the liberals were changing all the words. Oh, what <laughs> the heck? <laughs> I'm serious. Insane. I wish I wasn't. I'm serious. <laughs> Where the hell did you grow up, Casey? <laughs> blue collar michigan jesus dude like that's not what it was like in miami dude like (laughs) you're lucky if anybody spoke english they didn't give us the dictionary at all (laughs) were were you uh a once saved always saved guy or did you know lose your salvation yeah oh yeah i still think i can lose my salvation (laughs) um but it's mostly just because like like, yeah, like I just get scared of it. Like it, it's mostly just because like I have imposter syndrome about my salvation. Does that make sense? I mean, I think so. I... In in the sense of like in the sense of like I know I'm saved in the sense of like I did ask Jesus to be in my heart and I have claimed to be a Christian my entire life, but like I still kind of feel like God's gonna be like, Yeah, but you're still not worth it. Yeah, yeah dude. You know? it's, I definitely know that feeling. I, I, well, I haven't had it for, it's been a few years, I guess, but I remember in high school, you know, because I was always, I, we were at the whole, once you're saved, nothing can pluck you from the hand of God, whatever. So I was like, right. all right, so I did it. But then it doesn't really matter because then you end up like in your head being like, 
well, maybe I didn't really mean it. And now if I meant it, I wouldn't be living this way or saying these words or listening to this stuff. And I, dude, I was such a straight laced rule follower that like the fact that I even worried about that is kind of insane because I literally didn't do anything wrong. I, 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 I followed the rules really well. The, it was yeah. a problem for me. So uh, jerk yeah, off same. to crush videos. Yeah. <laughs> so like the soda. <laughs> like the soda. Yes. <laughs> he's like watching Nickelodeon, and he's like, "Oh, here comes another crush commercial." <laughs> Mr. Pip, why can't you be Mrs. Pip? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it, but I get it. I def, I just I re, I do remember the first time feeling like, oh, I don't I don't worry. Like the, I took like a deep breath and was like, oh, I don't worry about this anymore. I think everything's gonna yeah. be okay. And it was just like, oh my god, that took thirty years too long. But <laughs> dude, I I completely get you. I felt the same exact way as you, mostly with um with like end time stuff. Oh yeah, oh dude. In fact, like that we that, haven't touched on that. <laughs> that like legitimately scared the living like piss out of me. Like till maybe a couple of years ago, like realistically. Yeah. And then um I it was a combination of having a a, a conversation with my best friend and my dad on the phone where just those two conversations molding it's just exactly what they said was just like, oh yeah, like who cares? You know, where it's just like, well, and, and so like, you know, because my whole thing is like, you know, cause here's the thing. And like, you know, uh, uh, I guess we can talk about this cause you know, you guys are the perfect people to talk about this with. Um, especially now I'm sure Fox news is probably the, I don't know. Cause I don't watch Fox news, but I bet you Fox news is like, so this whole thing that's happening in Russia is definitely a sign that Jesus is coming back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, that. definitely. Uh, that's definitely you know. floating around the yeah. at least Facebook from a, the groups of people I know who are in that camp. Yeah, and so and and the truth is, man, like you know, I and then I I just remember having this conversation, you know, uh, it, and this was like during. It was a couple of years ago because this was like during the Black Lives Matter stuff. And and I remember being really hurt by it because I, I just couldn't it just hurt. It, it hurt so much that that like that there was so much hate going on in this world towards a group of people now. Like, why is this still happening? Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And it was something that it was bothering me. Like, like I was like, and I was my mom. I, I remember I was, I was at home and I was with my mom and she was watching the news and, and I was watching, you know, footage of these riots and, and I just started crying because I, I, I was so overwhelmed with emotion. And I was just like, I just don't understand why all these people hate each other. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, and, and to be fair, like, I feel like, I, I was thinking about this today. I, I feel like I grew up privileged in, in the sense of like, I grew up in a very multicultural society where I did not know very many white people. <laughs> like every, like I've, I've known so many races. Like, so, so to me, racism is stupid. 
You know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to me. Because I'm just like, why? You know, like, like... It, it, like you know, I I know I have Puerto Rican friends, I have Indian friends, I have Pakistani friends, I have I have black friends, I have white friends, I have friends from everywhere. Like, and it doesn't matter, you know. Like, and it's never mattered, you know. It's never mattered, but now it does, you know. And so it was just overwhelming me in that sense. And I was, and and when something overwhelms me like that, my trauma brings me to this place of like the world is ending that means jesus is coming back the rapture you know all that kind of stuff yeah um because that's just how you know i we i learned that at a very young age and was traumatized by it you know sadly enough you know my my family doesn't really quite understand that it's trauma they kind of don't really believe that it's trauma um but it is like that's yeah. that's Putting really that, what like, it is heightened level of fear in a child and yeah knowing yeah, that like the apocalypse is impending and if you don't believe right or you do something wrong you might be left behind without your family there to take care yeah. of you is terrifying yeah absolutely yeah and um and so anyway i just remember um i had this conversation with my dad and my dad just told me listen man i have been to, and he knows that I haven't been to church in a really long time. And he's a church going guy, but he was like, listen, I've been to so many churches my entire life. There's some churches I agree with. There's some churches I don't. Um, and a lot of churches, I remember uh, when you were growing up and you were young, they taught you this, you know, kind of like, you know, post-apocalyptic, you know, kind of thing. You know, they, they taught you this like end times, you know, kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure it I'm sure it's bothering you. But, you know, the thing that I've learned recently is that the real thing that you need to focus your entire life on is just loving. That's really all you need to focus your life. And right when he said that, it just everything just made sense. Mm -hmm. And it sounds dumb because like it's such a simple thing. It's such a simple thing, especially because everything I just told you is so complicated. Yeah, for sure. You know, but, but the fix was literally just my dad telling me none of that matters. All that matters is loving people. Who cares? Yeah. I and think and it to come from someone who had seemingly and been, or maybe had an investment in these things at some point, like yeah. to, to have that shift to be like, I've, yeah, he I've doesn't go to churches. That. He doesn't go to those charismatic churches anymore. We don't like he doesn't subscribe to churches like that anymore, um, which I'm glad, but it's a little too late, you know, <laughs> like uh, it's still yeah. the trauma's still there, you know, but but thankfully, you know, it's it's for the most part, you know, for the past couple of years, it's been gone, thankfully, to that conversation. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to him about it. Uh, I was I was talking about it a, a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, I was I was at the house and and I was telling him I was like, hey, man. You know, just so you know, like one of my greatest conversations I've ever had in my life about like spirituality was was with you. And he goes, really? And I go, yeah, like it like I was always really scared about this thing. And like you really you really like helped me so much. And you like you took like 30 years of fear away from my life, you know, and I feel like I feel like a thing. And not only that, like I'm kind of glad that I told my dad that because I I'm sure it made him feel really good. 
Yeah. It, it probably you gave know. him some context, too, for what that actually meant. To, like, I don't think that that generation has a good idea of yeah. what it was like to live in this world where, like, people were telling you that you were going to be, like, in a line walking towards a guillotine because you were a Christian. <laughs> And that's, it sounds so ridiculous. And like, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that wasn't their experience. And that sounds like you're exaggerating and being ridiculous. But like, yeah, I mean, there was literally conversations about like, at some point, someone's going to put a gun to your and they're Mm going to ask you if you believe in Jesus. And do you have the fortitude to say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Shoot me in the face. Yeah, it's sounds ridiculous. Doesn't have the fortitude to not sneak an extra bowl of Reese's Puffs after he's had two. You're like, dude, I was, gonna- <laughs> I was just, I was Oreo just O's. talking, I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday on Instagram. Where like, how, fr- how, like, you know, and and I'm like, excuse my language, but like, how fucked is it, like, to to tell kids, you know, that like, you know this will eventually happen to you. Well, are you willing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so like awful. Like, like not only that, like, and I don't know how, how old you guys are. We're probably around the same age. I'm assuming 34. Yeah. Yeah, We're, we're, we're in our thirties. So, so we're around the same age. So like, I remember this, especially around Columbine. Yes. So when Columbine was happening, there uh, and this was what the conversation with uh, with someone I had on on Instagram about, and we we talked about this and like at first it was joking and then after a while it started getting really vulnerable and we started talking about like our trauma and like you know it it got like it got really nice and you know it was just nice to talk to someone about it. Um, but but you know essentially you know we heard this story which like and and i was actually just thinking about it do we know if this story's true it's not it's actually not it's verified to be false that's <laughs> not that's a chance on the left did like a really good discussion of this in their columbine episodes that's what i was where... thinking i i really i because i was like who would even know if that was true yeah because like other all of witnesses. the documents all the witnesses are dead no, there's a, like there's a few who lived and were like that's and then that the person it was attributed to wasn't a Christian. Uh, oh, okay, I believe it was just but because it's like, do you believe in God? That's what's funny. Like, do you believe in God? But growing up Christian, you're like you're not. It's not about believing in God. It's did you right. accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Like, right. Do you believe in God? Doesn't make you a Christian. So it was like to to graft onto that was like right just so par for the course for them like i we they need something that was like early years of cable news cable news it was that energy it just hadn't gotten there yet but do you know the michael w smith columbine song that's 100 percent. that's what i was going to talk to you about was like and that's that's what this conversation with this girl on instagram started with was was uh i made a joke about that song and she w- started talking about like, you know, we we kept joking about it. And then we started talking about like how like it actually is kind of traumatizing because not only are you training kids like this is going to happen to you. Are you willing to be the person that is doing that? But you are also making a song where you are dancing on someone's grave and making money from it. This was like, a time. This like, was a dance. Like, 
like how like how yeah. horrible is that <laughs> like you are you're dancing on someone's grave you know on a story that isn't even true by the way and yeah. do you know how many people we've talked to about this subject and it was my i mean ex- exactly the way that i it's hard sometimes for like parents and family members to understand because like my parents weren't telling me those things like this the craziest stuff was never like from home for me it was always like these wacky people that hosted youth group or like spoke at these big youth rallies that we'd go to or like school conventions like my parents were normal people they were not Mm -hmm. sitting around talking about like how so and so might be the antichrist and this might we might be entering the tribulation you know <laughs> right. but those conversations were going on those were happening in my home <laughs> oh yeah well, hap- they were happening in mine too congrats <laughs> oh yeah but i, you have I don't any know, idea man. how many presidents my parents thought the, bre- yeah. the, the were the antichrist anybody exactly. that people liked that they didn't it was <laughs> Like, yeah, Obama was Pretty definitely much, the Antichrist. Yeah, there wasn't a single Republican Antichrist. <laughs> no, <laughs> ironically, right? Because it's going to be yeah. someone you wouldn't expect coming from a place you wouldn't expect, and they're all yeah. like, not here. <laughs> Doesn't keep them from guessing. wild. <laughs> so it's wild, Booker. <laughs> so wild. I mean, my my friend. I mean, I I was talking about this where like my my buddy, my best friend. We had this conversation. This was like the other part of the conversation that like kind of stopped me from like you know getting scared of this end times fun kind of stuff be- as well because you know after a while like you kind of just have to laugh about it because it's like it's kind of silly like you know to to like live your life being scared of this like it's it's kind of silly. Is it you know and and. He, is it scared or is it relief? That's what's that's what gets real weird is when you think about it like to what what was it to the people that you're talking about? Because I think I mean, there was a sense of relief that comes with like we don't have to explain what's happening in the world and how God is like obviously like standing by watching it go on, you know, like the war on terror and and all of the stuff that we lived through as kids, you know. It's this world is is fallen and it's degenerating and we're almost at the end. Like things can't get much worse before Jesus fixes them. It's so funny how you said how you say that because whatever that relief was to those people was the opposite to me. I think, I think it was the opposite to children. Like that's the I, I feel like adults gravitated towards that message because you know, maybe they were came, weren't Christians in their childhood or they were Catholic. And then in their 20s, they're like gravitate towards this thing. And they're like, this this is the answer. This explains why everything looks like it's falling apart. And I know there's an escape from it now. But as children, we're just like born into fucking chaos message that makes us unsettled. And it's feels like, like you, we can't like relax. Your parents who had who were two years away from paying off their house took out a like $50,000 home equity loan and now your dad's laid off and the economy's in the toilet because the housing bubble has collapsed but Jesus is coming back soon. Yeah. You know. I mean, look look at it like this, man. I mean, and this is something my best friend said and and he it made me laugh so much, but he was like he was like look at it like this, dude. If we live through the day that the antichrist shows up and announces himself, how awesome is it going to be? <laughs> because you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 
that Kanye West is going to interrupt him yeah. and be like, <laughs> and be like, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm the antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, yes. <laughs> and that just made everything subside, man. Or I was just like, you know what? That's probably going to happen. You know, like, yeah. like we, 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 game. Yeah, like Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Anything can happen now, man. Like you know, like like at this at this point, I'm surprised there aren't dinosaurs in my backyard. Like there's like anything can happen, dude. You know what I'm listening for? You know what I'm listening for that I haven't heard yet is somebody alleging that Zelensky is the uh, Antichrist. Really? It's got to be there. It's floating around. Or am I putting that out into the uh, the zeitgeist? He's a second coming of Christ. I think you got it backwards. Oh, right, right. That's interesting. That's interesting. That I mean, there's there's a possibility. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Fox News might think that because of how many of how much Hollywood is like, we we really want him to like be at the Oscars and all this stuff. And it's like <laughs> that'll help the cause. Thanks, Amy Schumer. Yeah. Bro, like how how awful is it? Like that how how shitty is America? And by the way, like by the time people are listening to this, people are over the Oscars already. Right. <laughs> people were people were over it by Sunday night. But I'm just saying, like, how shitty is America that that Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars was the most interesting thing that, that's happened in a week. Yeah. And there's a war happening right now. <laughs> I know. Dude, it's just, like, it it's just like really hard for happening. white suburbanites to decide, like to, to get a sense of I'm helping in the Ukrainian <laughs> conflict. And that's why it's kind of like fading from the headlines. It's just awful, man. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, like I and I was thinking about this too, like, you know, I think I think everybody wants uh like my my personal take on like this whole thing and i kind of think this about like you know kind of you know ev- everything everything that comes with like tragedy like not not making the the slap or anything a tragedy but like you know like if it were the same as like you know columbine or if it was the same as like 911 or something like that like somebody wants to have uh a take because they want like they they kind of want to be uh I, I, like they they kind of want to show that they're what they would do in that situation and the truth is like none of us would do that you yeah. know what i mean like and the the thing is we're very selfish people like americans and really the world like we're all just very selfish people you know i guess i guess that's really what i'm trying to say is like we're all we're all selfish people. Like, for example, I don't know if you remember this, but like, you know, Mark Wahlberg at one point was like, I wish I was on that flight during nine 11. I would have stopped the, the pilot or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, you were too, Mark. God. Okay, dude. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right. You know, just like, who just would like be all these formers eight. Yeah. Just like all these people that are like, if I was, if I was at the Oscars, I would have stopped this or I would have done this or I would have done that. You wouldn't have done anything. All everyone's trying to do is give their two cents because they want to make it about themselves. That's all it is. We're just trying to make everything about ourselves and it's not about us. You know, it's about other people. Like that's, yeah. that's Everyone all it is. It's a hot take. They want to have the fresh spin or yeah. everyone, the moral high ground. 
whatever. Yeah. It's- yeah, which is which is crazy, man. Like, I mean, and it kind of goes to like, you know, even, you know, even the uh even the Columbine thing with like turning the agenda to let's get this girl who was shot and like make this story and make it about us. Yeah. And her parents are kind of the ones that ran with it after. Cause even after it was like, this isn't true. The parents were like, no, it is. And they kept pushing the book. Mm, and, but, okay. and what, and that makes sense probably because if they're the story with her was like, what she was like, not really living right. And, but then maybe kind of started getting her shit together, spiritually speaking. And she came sure. from a Christian home and like, I don't know. I guess the parents probably needed that in order to like not kill themselves or something awful. Like, right. Sure. You lose your, like, I, it's understandable to an extent. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's understandable Man. for them to feel that way and to need of that course. story. It's not great for everyone else to, to take advantage of that and co-opt their tragedy for everyone else's gain and that's what's really fucked up about it to me yeah uh, like no you're parents, absolutely right parents can do whatever the fuck they want to to get through something so tragic and awful uh, yeah but like the that the this type of community uh wants to co-opt people's tragedy and it doesn't let people in a lot of ways and it's really yeah. sad yeah S- you're absolutely speaking right. of which have you guys heard of that there's like a conservative christian production company now that's making like movies for you know trumpers or whatever and they Yikes. one of their first ones that they released was about a uh, a girl who fights a school shooter oh boy have you heard of this <laughs> no. no oh i've heard s- several comedians talk about it um, oh i have not heard about this i have heard about um i mean if it's anything like the the christian movies as of late like the god's not dead and things like that these are they're basically just like christian like fantasies essentially yeah just because like dreams well the thing the thing that i didn't like about god's not dead is like it's very like, th- well, like if if you ever meet an atheist, this is what you're supposed to say because that'll show them. Oh yeah, it's you know like what I mean. Cla- it's like the classic, um, like not treating them like they're Cameron, people. What's his, uh, Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron and who's the other? I always I can never recall names when I need to. Um, I'm not sure. Whatever the guy. I know, I know who you're talking about. The short like guy. that's uh, Answers in Genesis, right? Like that. I mean, yeah. that was my entire childhood. It's like here's a book and. These are all the things that atheists will say and think. And then here's your response to them. And I, dude, I remember getting out of the real world and people saying stuff that wasn't in the script and being like, line, line. It's like, what do you, you don't know what to say. You're just wrong. And you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, something, you know, and, and I, I talked to you about this, Sam, you know, uh, on Instagram, but like, I, I'm working on a project now uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, it's another podcast just about stuff like this. Like we're just talking about spiritual stuff, and yeah, you know one of one of the subjects that I wanted to talk about was like, you know, what does it mean to be like, <laughs> like is is being like is not believing in God but being a good person? Like, does that mean that it's worthless? Because like because when you're because as a Christian. You're almost filthy taught, rags, bro. Filthy you're rags. O- you're almost taught that good works when you're a Christian is what makes you like worth. Like it's it like gives you worth. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, I hear what you're saying because there's like that 
if you're a Christian, you'll do these good works because you have Jesus in your heart. But when other people yeah. are doing good works and they're not a Christian, they call it worthless. And it almost doesn't, it doesn't line up. It, yeah. But I've met, I've met so many people that like, you know, just aren't necessarily spiritual or anything. And they're just really good people. And like, in fact, would do really like, like would probably like, if I asked them, like, for example, if I asked them to take the, me to the airport, they would do it. And like 10 of my Christian friends wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's big part of what, you know, led me out of the church and Christianity was just finding those people. Yeah. You guys want to hear about this movie? Please. Yep. <laughs> you want to show okay, us a so trailer? It's put out by the Daily Wire, which is what? That's Ben Shapiro's network, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know yeah. this now. Dude, I feel like Isn't you guys Jewish, are prejudging though? this already. I don't like. Isn't the he tone. Jewish though? Shapiro. Yes, he is. Yeah, interesting. So this, so this is a Christian movie, or it's a Jewish movie. Yeah, knows his audience. It's an it's action crime is it's categorized as, and it's called Run Hide Fight. And okay, so here's the synopsis. Spoiler: Seventeen-year-old okay. Zoe Hull uses her wits, survival skills, and compassion. To fight for mm. her life and those of her fellow school classmates against a group of live streaming school shooters. <laughs> oh my god, love it! It takes place on Zoom. Um, <laughs> like uh, what they didn't put in the synopsis is seventeen-year-old who looks forty is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get them nine hundred two one zero vibes. It has a forty percent on, on Rotten Tomato. Uh, it's pretty high, but it's it has a ninety-three percent audience score. Yeah, well, wow, well what? Audience is scoring it. One thing you got to give Christians is they can they can get their people to the voting booth. Yeah, this, yes. this just proves it. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is definitely something that is very true. Like, um, you know, if we're gonna talk about this, we could talk about this. But like, uh, that Jeremy Camp movie did this. Uh, you know, Jeremy Camp. Uh, talked about uh, his movie that I still believe movie or whatever. Um, he was, he, he did a tweet. There was some sort of tweet. I forget exactly what it was, but uh, they talked about it on good Christian fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard that show. Yeah. But, I uh, amazing show. So good. Uh, it's with uh, Kevin T Porter and uh, with Caroline uh, as well. Uh, very, very good. Um and uh they they talk about christian pop culture and uh and they were talking about i still believe and he tweeted something and and obviously the movie came out during the pandemic and so he tweeted something along the lines of like you know uh you know don't let like the darkness of the world like get to essentially calling like the virus like darkness or like the, the devil. devil or like whatever <laughs> like still go see the movie like knowing good and well, like he probably wasn't at the movies going to see the movie with his kids because he didn't want to get COVID. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and, and so like all these people went out in droves to watch his shitty movie about his shitty, like music career. And like, and, and what's like awful is like, if you do watch this movie, uh, it's very, very annoying because the movie focuses on him and the movie should not be about him. It should be about the girl that he ended up marrying who gets cancer. It should be about her, but, but he's so, he's so like the movie's so focused on it being about Jeremy camp. Oh that, my like, God. That, uh, that 
it like kind of like uses her as like the a stepping st- <laughs> yeah like a, like a stepping stone to be like well if she hadn't died then we wouldn't have jeremy camp's music oh my god, god. you know and god it's like plan. he works you know, through tragedy to for his glory I mean, and look, this isn't an original thought, but like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's something Kevin T. Porter said, but I stand, I stand by it by like, like nobody's business in the final scene when he's singing, I still believe in a stadium full of people. Uh, he says he, at the very end, he goes, he goes, it's just a lovely scene because you get to see an entire stadium of people dancing on his wife's grave. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's like a deleted cut from uh a walk to remember or something dude it's just it's just so it, it's like the, how the movie is just it is so like tone deaf to like do you not realize this movie is like it could be so much more special if you focused on her yeah right that be, like she's so much more oh important God. in this story like yeah, sure. It's important. important it's I mean, it's important that that she that he's Jeremy Camp, sure. But and like at the end, there could probably be like you know when she passes away or whatever, you can then be like Jeremy went on to be a successful recording artist or whatever. <laughs> you know, like he needs but the movie's the, about uh, the her. After the after credits, he could yeah, get that, like, that special <laughs> scene at the end of the credits. You know, but it's just like I mean, yeah, it's just oh it's like you know and then yeah it's just a classic because it's like it's like kind of a rom-com movie as well so like you know in the the way that yeah it's 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 the way that he finds her like he he's like oh man i just loves i i love the way she worships god and it's like really like are you joking oh yuck like just like that's what when have you have you I, I have to ask you guys when have you <laughs> when have you guys ever when have you guys ever seen a woman at a church or anywhere and you were just like man i really gotta ask that girl out i just love the way she worships god i mean I, for me <laughs> i loved what i loved was in church when you would see a girl with their hands raised up because that just meant you could see their midriff <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, know what sort fair. of loose loose church you went to is that what you that's... mean <laughs> look at her yeah. worship god look at her worship god oh. yeah all of K- all the girls at casey's church wore frocks it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, like knee-length wool sweaters <laughs> like it's july we have the doors so open <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of rallying uh casey like you mentioned for the uh tomato meter on the other well god's not dead got a 12 percent by rotten tomatoes but it's got that's out of 26 reviews but it has a 75 percent audience score out of over twenty five thousand. yeah so well you know rally. the gay Jeez, agenda no. can't keep the church down that's what i say <laughs> amen let's close yeah. in prayer <laughs> yeah hey god's not dead but my boner sure is <laughs> i can't wait for resurrection <laughs> three days am i right <laughs> That's the you'll know when you period. get older you'll yeah. know when you get older kids i got that, that three-day refractory period going on now <laughs> Dude, mike this is uh oh god i feel like this this could go on forever this is yeah, a lot of fun man 
Oh, thanks for having me. This has been so fun. It flew by. Yeah, it did. It did. Well, I I definitely want to have you on again. I feel like you just need to hang out with us while we talk about fun Christian shit. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Anytime. If you're as long as your listeners aren't like, we'll have we'll listen to anyone but this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that'll be the I hope not. I'm fairly confident they're gonna it's they'll be along for the ride. (laughs) I hope so. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.